0: Welcome to the Sports Carnage Podcast, presented by Detroit Sports Nation, featuring Paul Roshan, D. Dillon Ryan Griffin, and Matthew Basson, bringing the most arrogant takes on the planet straight to your ears. We don't promise to always be right, but we promise to act like we are. What's good, web heads? Welcome to Sports Carnage, along with Paul Roshan, AJ Riley, Ryan Griffin, I'm Matt Bassin. Uh, we got the opening day is probably today, uh, The if this thing drops on Thursday like it should. We're recording on Tuesday, but opening day is right around the corner, except it's not because the virus has taken out the whole world and we're all stuck at home watching old sports uh, Rerun. <laughs> and reruns. And you are all caught up on your YouTube, on your Netflix, on your Hulu amazon prime disney plus whatever else you got to keep your ass entertained at home well you got us for the next hour and a half or so uh so we're gonna dive right into nfl free agency thank you to the shield for giving us something sports related to talk about because the olympics are postponed ain't no basketball ain't no baseball we ain't got a damn thing but we got nfl free agency so thank you to the shield for that at least there's something going on in the sports world because i am losing my damn mind in that aspect when it comes to this whole uh staying at home and we're all in this alone together crap where we can't go outside and do stuff because you don't know who you're gonna get sick who you're gonna get sick from don't know if you even are sick and then you are given it to someone else so i'm thankful that we at least have the nfl free agency to give us something to talk about uh I can't think of any other way to start except with the fact that Tom Brady is no longer a New England Patriot. I can't believe that those words are actually coming out of my mouth. I had never in a million years thought that Tom Brady was going to play for any other team than New England Patriots. And I don't know what it's going to feel like seeing this man come out in the Tampa Bay Bucks jersey it was most likely the number 12 is is uh is it Godwin Ryan he, Godwin's 12
1: yeah but he didn't even ask for it yeah Chris yeah, Godwin. yeah Godwin's twelve Godwin's
0: already offering it up to him
1: yeah he didn't ask for it though yeah. what I understand drive that price just for one respect. thing after he signed he said give me the names of all my teammates or the numbers no, of all phone my teammates numbers. yeah phone numbers.
0: Yep. Let, me, let me let me actually talk to these guys so. I mean, that that's that that's very telling in in yeah in a lot of ways with the the ship that bill belichick runs that's got to. i mean he's not coming out and saying anything against bill belichick uh the interviews that he's done so far he's been very complimentary of his former now former head coach as well as former owner robert Kraft. but that's got to be very telling if the one thing you're asking for from your new team is can i get the contact information from my teammates
2: i, mean, I don't know telling it is we all know that Tom Brady's not going to Tampa Bay to take a vacation. Well, I mean, a lot of old people do that in Florida. We're talking Super about. Bowl. I I know, and I made I made that joke earlier this week. Uh, it's perfect for him to go down to Tampa. Not only is he get to keep his TB twelve, but it's perfect retirement home for all the people Brady's age. But he's going down there to win, and hopefully win another Super Bowl in his mind. And your so breeze is sitting there going, it's to say not what? Surprising that. Not Well, this was going to be great. So Matt his campaign for six <laughs> years now. He just wants to see Braze and Breedy play more often. And now he gets to see not it the probably, I three <laughs> probably three times this year.
3: Probably
0: three times this year. That'd be year. great if it is three times. And Like I said, oh, I'd love for that third time to be that. for the chance to go to the Super Bowl. I am, As much as Although I want Brady and Breeze in the Super Bowl, I ain't getting that anymore. I'll take Brady way. and Breeze in the NFC Championship game.
2: You definitely are not getting them in nope, the Super Nope, not Bowl. anymore. That would be Thanks, some. Bill. Then, then I would say the NFL is rigged. <laughs> if we uh, get Brazen and Brady in the Super Bowl, sure gonna there, be some yeah,
0: shows something happened. On. On. It's the whole NBA reorganization now in the playoffs. We <laughs> don't care what side you play. I, mean, on. I do
2: assume. I, I assume. Well, I know Brady does actually, but I assume Brees also has a no-trade clause in his contract.
0: Uh, I mean, he just signed two years for 50 mil. I don't think. Uh, I don't think New Orleans is getting gets rid of
2: traded <laughs> in. Gets traded in New England.
0: That'd be amazing, actually. Just a spite, just a spite. You, know, you. Um, that that could no, because if, if it's a trade, it's not Breeze's fault. I was trying to think of the one thing that would like make New Orleans <laughs> not love Drew Brees as a god, because there Nothing. really isn't much that he could be. But if he went to the I, Pack, it could be that
1: one thing. <laughs> yeah, that could be it. Drew Brees definitely
2: could li- literally shoot somebody, and New Orleans would be like, "That no, was me."
0: It's the CTE. Nah, it was me. It's not I don't care what you fault. got on Cape officer. Was that c- was me. I shot that motherfucker.
2: <laughs> it's the CTE. It's not his fault. He's a great man.
4: <laughs> uh, they'd let him go because they got Taysom Hill. Who's Sean? They P- They're next coming. I
2: don't know why you hate Taysom Hill so Who's much. He's 40 years old. Why, I don't understand why you hate he's this white. man.
4: You know well, Ryan. No, like, hey, we're actually, athletes. that's fair. But you're that talking about fact. this man is going to be the future, of the, the future of the NFL, and he's 30 that years is, old, and he's thrown 40 passes in his entire career.
0: He is white, and I know that's very hard. Yeah, Ryan's the Ryan's exact right. opposite but of you when it comes fair. to that in athletes.
1: Hey, so who adjusts that's, that's better? Who, who's going to adjust better to this transition, though? Like, is Bilicek going to adjust better, or is Brady going to adjust better?
2: Oh, that's kind of unfair to Bill. You think? Yeah, I think that's
1: really unfair to Bill, yeah. Can I read you a stat? Have you seen the stat? Mm, I don't know which stat I know. is.
3: I've read I lots know. of stats, but... <laughs> right. so I, know. I know there's you lots of stats,
1: me. but I'm, as far as I... <laughs> you read a lot, so I didn't know if you'd known it or not, but... Well, I might know it, okay, but I'm not going to know until you, know how you tell how me. Do you know how many career wins Bill Belichick has? with Without Tom Brady? Uh-uh. Oh, is, no. This, no, is, no. is this oh, as, as a head coach?
0: As a head coach. Something, he's...
1: Regular season, don't oh, count postseason.
0: Hundred and eighty something.
1: You're right, hundred and eighty-seven. Yeah. In that time, hundred and thirty-six and thirty-nine with Tom yep. Brady, without Tom Brady, fifty-one and sixty-five right. in the regular season. So well, he had bad teams before. And he did turn the had Browns had around baby. before like that the Browns
0: whole debacle of them, mo- you know, sneaking out of Cleveland. The Browns were on the up. I'm just. When that that's
1: why I asked that question. Like, I
2: wouldn't say he turned the Browns he around. Got them into the playoffs from them where them they the right were. Track. That's turning them around. I would say he had them on the right track.
1: So who adjusts better though? Right? Like, I think that's. Well, I don't know that. I
4: don't know that there's uh, really an adjustment for Bill. Like, they're going to win less games, but he's not going to run his locker room any. Okay, different. so
1: maybe not adjust, but who? You asking who has a better season? It? No. Who, it's... Who is no, the cornerstone you, you of their success?
2: Very much underestimate what Tom Brady no meant as a leader, as a secondary coach, as a many things. There is going to be a huge adjustment, not for culture wise, but as far as how things are implemented, as far as Bill's involvement in some aspect of the teams, as far as so in think about so you no. got McDaniels is already on his way out of New England. He had literally had a head coaching job spoken for with the Colts, backed out at the last second, went back to New England. He's going to get another head coaching job offer. Uh, Bill Belichick, defensive guy, obviously. I'm really curious to see what happens when both McDaniels and Brady are gone. Talk about an adjustment. I mean, he has to get someone in there that you, you don't have a guy like McDaniels that's been there forever, and you also don't have a second coach on the field in time.
0: This is why I think Tom Brady's going to adjust better. Because the Patriots don't have much of anything right now offensively. No. They don't have wide receivers. At all. And they don't know who their quarterback is. It might be Jared Stidham. I hope it is, personally. I liked Jared Stidham at Auburn. I'd like to see the kid get a chance. Brian um, Hoyer. Well, he's going to get a Brady chance. Brady has weapons. He doesn't have much of an offensive line right now, and they need to fix that in Tampa Bay with a quickness. If, you, if you're going to pay all this money to the greatest of all time, possibly, you better protect him. And right now, they don't possibly, really have the guys to protect him. They have the weapons for him, but they don't have the guys to protect him right now. Uh, but I think just based off of who Brady has versus who Bill has, I think Brady's going to adjust better to, unless, unless the Patriots make drastic changes. Well...
4: For me, it's not really a question of like who's going to have the better season because I think the Bucks are going to be a better team next year than the Patriots will. But I just don't know that Bill runs a different ship at all without Tom Brady. I mean, he tried to trade him three years ago when uh, the 49ers called about Garoppolo, and then Bill Counter offered with, "Well, what, what do you know? Do you want Tom Brady instead?" And then, according to what was it a report, Wickersham, um, they said Robert Kraft came in and quote unquote <laughs> shut that shit down or something.
2: Well, I, I think a better what? question to to capture the spirit of what Matt's asking, or at least what AJS? I would have done is asked. AJS. AJ asked.
0: Oh I'm yeah, sorry, AJS.
2: AJ. My bad, I misspoke. Who wins a s who is more likely to win a Super Bowl before they retire? Bill Belichick or Tom Brady?
0: I'll
4: say Belichick because he's got more years left in his tank than Brady does in his as a player. Does he though? I I think so. I think after these two years, I think Brady's done. Uh,
1: well, yeah, I and Belichick can coach for ten more. But there's nothing that's going to say that Brady's not going to win a championship in the next two years.
2: And there's nothing to say that Bill. I is know, but win it's such, it's such a time. short
1: window. It is. Uh, a short I mean, window. I
2: if if you tell me Bill Kelly, if you tell me Brady, say Brady, these next two years gets close with the Bucks, re-ups for one last run at it. You give me three years of Brady with the Bucks. No, knowing that they're building around him, they have a great offensive coach going for his last hurrah, and Bruce Arians is getting up there too, and age trying to win a Super Bowl going out like Andy Reid did. Um, and you give me. Well, Andy
4: Reid didn't go out.
2: Getting older in his career. I mean, Andy Reid <laughs> still very much Andy here. Andy Reid does not have 15 years left as an NFL head coach. I think we all would agree to that. So he is of, right past
1: does anybody a in tag. the league right now, <laughs> other than Kyle Shanahan, have 15 years left? You think? Well,
0: there's a lot. Yeah. Of young I mean, what's his uh, what or younger? I mean, Rams we're talking about guys that are close to 70.
2: to 70. Oh, Sean Sean Bruce Gavet. Arians is 60. Sean Bruce Arians is 67. I think he's really old. Uh, Bill Belichick's right up there, 65, 66. He is old. These are yeah. old ass men. Um, so give me three years of the Bucks building around Brady and making one last hurrah. Versus hell, give me eight years of Bill in New England, and do I think they find the right quarterback and the right mix of talent to get it done? I, I would be surprised. Trevor Lawrence, a
1: baby. lot of variables so in there. If they
2: tank for Trevor Lawrence, and I already said this, they tank for Trevor Lawrence. I'm a Pats fan; like I don't even care anymore. Like I will finally goodbye Lions. You, you had a fifty year head start and couldn't do the thing, and the Pats go from winning a Super Bowl to drafting Trevor Lawrence. Like if that happened, like I can't stick with my franchise anymore. Like I don't care. I, I'm done. But Lies. I don't, so I don't a, for a, band a lie. You ain't giving up on the I Lions I don't. Ever. Shut up. I want to. I know you want so to. Every Lions fan wants does. To. I want to. Every, Every lions, lions man does. wants to, but we're not going to. But being realistic, I, I don't. There, I foresee no outcome where they actually tank and get Trevor Lawrence. So barring that.
1: I don't know. Not starting Brian f- Hoyer is a good start. <laughs> right. Starting Hoyer or Stidham? Not
2: only do they have to year. find a quarterback. But a quarterback's only one part of it. They had a quarterback last year, and they didn't look that great. And you can say what you want about Tom Brady, but Tom Brady was not the reason for a tenth of their That's issues the problem. last year. No weapons. They have neglected line shit. for a long time, not just no weapons, no weapons, no O-line. But the O-line no was not
0: makers. You,
1: different. You you have but that was even always their calling card, even though, wasn't it? Defense. like defense. That was always no. the calling card of the Patriots, like so the thing with stout the Patriots defense is... and a solid offensive line that then piecemealed their receiver. Dion so Brand. that's the first right. right.
2: repeat. That, p- yes, the, the second repeat. P- p- Brady so had some well. stars. See, I disagree with that. It's not not about the stars, but the Patriots never had. It's three not a three-peat. P- I do mean, <laughs> <whatever, laughs> the
0: first three. The first the three, three out, three out four. of <laughs> four. three out of three four was the six foot and under wide receivers of Dion Branch, David Givens. uh, The Patriots
2: never had a ton of replacement-level players on these teams. They They had 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 above-average players up and down the roster that also fit really well and knew their role and were coached spectacularly. They were good at getting above average players into their system and when you can do that so you're not paying them top tier money but they're still giving you better than what most guys are you, you don't need a bunch of superstars you need a team of really good above average to good to oh, so the michigan great state players. of the nfl the problem is the last couple years <laughs> they've been a lot of replacement level and below average players on yeah. that roster their offensive line it wasn't decent, it was bad. It was a negative, a big negative. Some of the skill, the lack of skill position players, it wasn't that they, oh, you had a guy that had a little bit of talent, but he just wasn't a big name. No, they don't even have the talent. So not only do you have to find a quarterback, but you have to build up the talent on the roster. And I don't know if you guys pay attention, and most people don't, because Bill and Brady masked a lot of new england's everything so uh, people look at the success new england have and they just assume that oh everything new england does is great and the new england way and the patriot way is just all full of success you know that the patriots kind of suck at drafting like i don't know if you've looked at the last i don't know six years they don't draft that well the only reason that they've been able to keep a semblance of talent in and out besides being really good and being able to attract free agents in a bargain is the fact that they draft so many freaking players. They're really good at, they don't trade up a ton and they trade back and They flip picks for undervalued players all the time. So you'll see the Pats send a fifth-round pick for a difference maker. They'll send the Lions a seventh-round pick for Kyle Vinoy, who starts and helps lead the defense to a couple Super Bowls. Like, just absurdity like that. And they trade back a ton, and they just accrue extra, extra, extra picks. The thing is, they haven't done a lot with them. They have drafted way more Aaron Dobsons than they've drafted, drafted Tom Brady's. They aren't that great at drafting. So... Despite all their things, you don't have Tom Brady there anymore. You, they have to start drafting better. Like They have to get more value out of the guys they actually end up picking and getting on their roster. They have to find a quarterback, and they have to do that in a very changing AFC. So if you're giving, give, me, give Bill 10 years and give Tom Brady 3, and I still think Tom Brady has a better chance to win a Super Bowl than Bill Belichick does before both of them retire.
4: Nah, because Brady is going to get progressively worse each of these three years.
2: But, but what? Is, why? I actually
4: think the so, uh I I think that's the big What do you mean? Why? Because he's been getting worse for what five, but five years? But he
2: hasn't. I, a couple years ago, Tom Brady would have been MVP if he wasn't suspended the first four games of the season. And the biggest thing, that – the things that decline on Brady. So Brady's never been a quarterback that. Won because of his arm strength he's never been a quarterback that won because of his mobility so what is degrading on Brady with age it's some drastic, Like he hasn't had the neck surgeries that Peyton Manning had that death's toll is gonna eventually come knocking and his arms just gonna fall off halfway through a season he was he never built a career on absurd strength or athleticism he is and more than any other player in the NFL is built to withstand you no know, I'm not saying he can play until he's 60 obviously he can not but A guy like Brady is not going to fall off a cliff overnight. So even if physically he he steps down a teeny bit every year, the next three years he's still going to be a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. And his brain and his understanding of the offense, his ability to get his offensive line into the right protections and put his players in the right place combined with Bruce Arians, who by the way is a great offensive mind, and the offensive talent they're going to be able to surround him with, He's still going to look like a superstar. Like this this narrative that, oh, he's getting close to that 45 number and nobody plays into that age, it, it doesn't make sense to me. Well,
3: nobody plays Luke into 40. Brady's he he already doing. doesn't make sense. Look
2: what Brett Favre did at the end of his career with the Vikings when he should have won a Super Bowl. And Tom Brady isn't built on needing to rifle the ball down at rocket speed. That's not how he plays the game. As long as he has enough juice in his That's arm to lob plays the, the game. ball where he needs to be. It's fine. He doesn't—you don't need arm strength to throw a 50-yard bomb. You don't. You just need to get it there. Look at Russ Wilson, one of the uh, top two or three quarterbacks in the entire NFL. He doesn't do it with arm strength, and he drops deep bombs all day. He has no arm strength. You don't need those things to succeed in the NFL if you have other things that make you great. His awareness in the pocket is not going to dissipate over these next couple years. His understanding of where the defenders are and where his guys are going to be is not going to dissipate in the next couple years. So to just say, oh, well, one of these years he's bound to fall off a cliff and start sucking, it's a dumb narrative.
0: But Father Time's undefeated. It's a narrative that's been proven true like again got and again up. and again. Every great quarterback has had it happen to them if they stuck around too long. So that's where the narrative comes from. And if he doesn't have the pieces to block for him, which right now Tampa Bay really doesn't, he might not be able to react as quickly to get rid of the ball. And you are dealing with receivers that are used to a Jameis Winston who holds the ball too damn long, throws it really freaking deep, and now they got to start getting used to sharp routes Underneath routes, I think Godwin's gonna you know be great for this, and we'll see what happens with Evans. A big body, and that's really helpful. He can be a Gronk like there as a as a for the wide receiver for Brady. But no O line protecting him right now, and that needs to be addressed if we're gonna see the best of Tom Brady going forward.
2: Well, we talked about this. Me and AJ did a little bit before the cast, so. The number one thing I expect to happen, and we talked about the narratives that have followed Brady's whole career, and especially the Brady haters. There's a lot of them out there. There's one on this cast. Uh, People have always talked about, oh, he just dink and dunks, and he doesn't like to throw downfield. I think that's a huge part of the reason that Brady wanted to go to a team like the Bucs because so Arians is always at the top of the NFL in average air yards attempt. He chucks that bitch downfield at all times like he his quarterbacks are slinging it and he's rolled out guys like Drew Stanton out there and his quarterbacks are still slinging it like it doesn't matter who you are his quarterbacks are slinging it I think Brady part of Brady wants to prove that not only was it not Bill not only was it not just I'm I'm not a system quarterback it wasn't New England it wasn't this he wants to prove that he can survive in any system, and he really has shown that throughout his career. That's why I talked one of the most impressive things about Brady to me is how he's evolved with the league over time. From his first handful of championships where he was much more of a game manager to when when you look at when he had Randy Moss and he threw 50 touchdowns and broke a ton of NFL records and they went 16-0 and 0 in the regular season and lost in the Super Bowl to the Giants, and then the Super Bowls that he won after there. He has completely evolved his game to not only what his team needed or what it called for, but what was going on in the NFL. And to think that he can't survive differently, like, oh, no, he's only going to complete 61% of his passes now, except he's going to average 10 yards an attempt instead. Like, it's going to be different, but to think that he's just going to come in and bring... The new england offense in that's not accurate they're going to mesh what they do bruce arians is gonna mesh what he does with what tom brady does and you're gonna see more downfield passing than you've seen before and you're gonna see a little more underneath stuff than you've seen from arians before and it's gonna be a nice blend to, to think it's just gonna be oh he's gonna dink it i don't see that happening i think it's going to be a very good marriage and i think he's set up really well to do it the offensive line is definitely something that needs to improve. We all talked about that. It's the biggest weakness. It's the biggest advantage that both in his own division that Drew Brees has with the Saints right now and if you look at where Phillip Rivers, the other old man that moved this off season, he went to the Colts. They have a super good offensive line, although Tampa Bay did just sign one of the Colts' starting offensive linemen in Joe Haig um, at guard. So they're addressing it. They're working on it. But there's also a huge difference between Protecting Tom Brady and protecting Jameis Winston. You already talk about Jameis's propensity to hold onto the ball. Obviously, their pocket awareness is not in the same. <laughs> not even line. close. And now you can argue that Jameis. You can argue that Jameis is a little more mobile, but Jameis <laughs> is not a mobile quarterback. And I will take Tom Brady's <laughs> A little
0: more mobile. What? A little more mobile.
2: No, I'm, a, I'm gonna say a little He's more a, li- he's, he's a good Brady amount more
0: run, mobile than Tom Brady.
2: I, I, w- no. I would. not say that. Jameis Winston is what you, not mean?
4: far <laughs> off from <laughs> like, a stiff.
2: No, Jameis Winston is not a dual threat quarterback. He is not far off from a stiff. He is a. Stiff still. He's he still younger, way
4: more mobile Jam- than Don Brady is.
2: I, I certainly wouldn't use the descriptor "way" in any way, shape, and form. Stafford's way, way more mobile than i move, than 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 move than when he needs to move. Jameis Winston does not move all that well. I don't care what color his skin is. Brady doesn't he's move. He throws the ball away. It's so...
4: No, he's calling him a dual-threat quarterback. Tom, he just moves more than the least mobile quarterback you've ever seen.
2: I, Peyton was worse in his later years, but that doesn't matter. Um, you give me Tom Brady
0: setting <laughs> Wait, his guys. Didn't up. Tom Brady rush for his 1,000th yard like two years ago? Was it last year? You mean his 100? No, his 1,000. So Jameis already has topped 1,000 yards in five years. Let's be fair here. Jameis Winston is much more mobile than Tom Brady.
2: I mean I also last year seen Tom Brady rip off a 20 That's yard run. That's oh congratulations.
1: one time. Yeah.
0: you can't <laughs> use like that for your argument. So James you know what? that, is much more that 20
1: yard run makes him not, the most mobile quarterback in the NFL hands down not, because he went he to the University of Michigan, and he's Paul's mobile. guy.
2: You guys are acting like it's the difference between
4: you No, know, Denard player. Robinson
1: broke Tom Brady's rushing record at Michigan. Pretty much. Anthony Adrian Thomas actually broke that rushing record cuz Tom Brady is the goat.
2: Jameis Winston was not running around out there like Lamar Jackson I wasn't
1: saying he says. was,
0: but, no, you, but he said nobody he was. you're not said saying that. that. His, I'm going into the, the blatant lie you said.
2: <laughs> it's
0: not a lie
2: to say that Jameis
0: Winston right? was not. Paul, Jameis Winston has mo- literally has more rushing yards in five years than Tom Brady has had in 18. I'm sorry. He's not. It <laughs> doesn't matter. He's still nobody much more, he's mobile he, he, more mobile than Tom Brady. He's more mobile.
2: I don't know what's confusing about this. We're talking specifically, for the purpose of sex, which is what this entire discussion was about, to say that Jameis Winston is much more mobile than Tom Brady is it's, absurd. It's He's absolutely not. true. It's
1: literally true. Literally it is not true. true.
2: More mobile, yes. Way more mobile, no. Way more <laughs> mobile. Not even a little bit.
4: According to med Stats, so about three ball and a half out
1: times as it. It mobile. Count. I don't know, give me give me Winston. Well it
2: doesn't we're we're getting way far off track anyways. The point is the offensive line is going to improve just by Tom Brady being back there. The protections he sets, his pocket awareness, the way he moves in the, the pocket. The fact that he's
0: still one of the fastest to get rid of the ball as far Winston. as quarterbacks are concerned, also of course.
2: But I that's I'm I'm telling you, that's Tom going to Brady. change. It is not going to be nearly as many one and a half second releases as it was the past few years in New England. There is going to be more holding onto the ball and letting those downfield routes develop. I mean, Mike Evans only runs like a four friggin' six. <laughs> we we got to give him some time. Well, but to, to be fair, down. also,
0: the NFL considers though. a downfield pass anything over what, 16 yards?
2: Well, it depends on what statistic you use. Like, PFF stats and um, uh, what's the There's like 15 different stat trackers out there. In some of them, have like deep pass, super deep pass, downfield throwing, all kinds of stuff. I've seen it from more than 10 yards to more than 40 yards. There is a stat for literally all of them. When I say when I say downfield passing, I mean the ball is traveling 25 yards in the air. Like that's my qualifier. If it's 25. going 25 yards in the air. That's like a that's a pretty good pass
1: you're that's what you qualify as a downfield pass though yeah
2: yeah, like a deeper pass well, I mean, what do you qualify as a downfield pass
1: i I mean I kind of go with that sixty yards, sixteen yard range I mean that's See, yeah I still... think
2: those are medium passes
1: no, I would say your intermediate routes are or your short routes or anything you know then your medium routes are going to be anything that's going to be like twelve greater to than seven to about yeah. twelve. And then your downfield passes are going to be anything.
2: I think I think that analysis also, would have been great 20 years ago.
1: But you also had to qualify. Like, we're not talking about fly routes. Like, that. that's what I would consider a deep ball. And I would make the distinction between a downfield pass and a deep ball. If I'm picking up a first down, what would qualify for a first down and another half of a first down, that's downfield. A deep ball is something that's going to travel over 20 yards.
2: Well, so I – at that point, though, it's not even worth discussing. Any ju- decent junior high quarterback has no problem throwing downfield according to those qualifiers. Like, when we're talking about... Well, anybody can throw, throw
1: we, it downfield. Yeah, get there. yeah and be you throw the ball to make the right read. I mean, there's a lot more than just throwing a football.
2: Well, I, I understand that. I mean, we're not saying anybody can play in the NFL. But when, when people talk about Tom Brady... You just say a junior high quarterback could play
1: in the NFL? If he can throw downfield,
2: people aren't worried if Tom Brady can throw a 15-yard out. Yeah, but No one you, is worried about that. Do you
1: know how that's what the hardest throw to make in as a quarterback is that 15 to 20-yard out? The absolute hardest throw to make. So, yeah. You, no, but, but that is... Like when you go to scouting combines and stuff, that's the throw they want to see because that is the truest test of your arm strength. Is Well, that, it's
2: not. It's not just arm strength. It's arm strength because it's going all the way from hash to sideline. But it's also narrow window. Your accuracy's got to be there. You can't you, lead the receiver out of bounds, but you can't throw it behind him. Hundred percent. That's lot why of ways it is why it's a difficult throw. And it's that's but, why
1: it is basically. I. I mean. That's the way that a lot of quarterbacks are graded like how how do you throw that ball right there is that 10 to, or 15 it, you can even say 10 to 20 yard out that's the throw that I know colleges want to see you make and well, obviously I agree
2: 100% but the moment you started saying that we lost half of the three people that listen to the show
1: <laughs> oh I'm just okay. half the three people I'm just <laughs> yeah so one and a half people are listening what somebody lose a headphone eh, they went, went deaf in one ear
0: Voluntarily deaf in sleep. one. I'm just making. Start, I'm, just, I'm
1: just bringing reality to no, it. No,
2: like. I I agree a hundred percent. But when people worry about can Tom Brady take advantage of his weapons, they're not talking about if he can throw the ball fifteen yards. I don't
1: know does that, that anybody worries be, about that. Yeah, but I, I think that I think that that does play a part though. I understand we made the comparison of Peyton Manning and the neck the neck surgeries and all that play a part. I'm I'm not trying to minimize that at all, but. Tom Brady, if he starts to lose that arm strength, you're going to see it most in his ability to complete passes on the sidelines. Oh, I,
2: I agree 100%. That's the first so place it, it goes. Is go- not it not is just the sidelines, but tight windows over the middle of the field. So Tom Brady loves to use his tight ends. He, yeah. he loves to hit the slants. But When those windows are shorter, and that, and that's we talked about this before, or I think on this podcast we talked about it. I've talked about it in many other places, if not, uh, people – very, huge misconceptions bef- between arm strength and being able to throw downfield. The biggest advantage that having a strong arm does has nothing to do with throwing the ball further. Any quarterback in the NFL can drop bombs. It just takes them a little longer to get there, and they put a more little loft on them. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't matter if you're airing that bitch out when your guy's got a guy B, You just got to get the ball there. It doesn't matter if it takes a minute to get there. What matters is the small windows. The most jaw-dropping throws that a, that a guy like Aaron Rodgers or Matthew Stafford makes – they're not the throws that they throw 40 yards downfield. They're the 15 to 20 yard bo- just bullets that they fly yeah. in between three defenders that a lot of quarterbacks couldn't even attempt. Those are the hardest throws in football. But at the end of the day, those aren't the throws usually if things are going well and your offensive structure is working and you're not running, a, a, you're not a poor team constantly trying to come back in games those aren't the throws that you need to live and die on if you're in that position there's already a good chance you've lost there are so many other ways to move the football down the field you need that in your arsenal but if that's what you're relying on you've already lost as an offense
0: okay as much as I would love to stick with the Tom Brady (laughs) chat uh There are a lot of other names that made moves in the free agency period so far. And in my mind, the best move is quarterback-related. But it wasn't Tom Brady at Tampa Bay. The Indianapolis Colts going out and grabbing Phillip Rivers out of that ridiculous, messed-up organization, basically the Lions of the AFC, except they actually make the playoffs. The San Diego, now L.A. Chargers, which are a joke of an organization and have been forever but Phillip Rivers on a team with a real offensive line, has real weapons, has a running game, has a defense.
1: An offensive line that just lost a starter, though. I know they lost a starter. be all right. Shut but
0: up. I think the Colts have solidified themselves as the third-best team in the AFC this year behind Baltimore and Kansas City.
1: Mm. I, don't, I don't know. I, it I like their instead, chances. Instead of uh, just responding. That Phillip seems Rivers. lofty.
2: Well I have the if that seems losty, you're gonna hate this AJ because I have the Colts winning the Super Bowl, so Oh
0: my god. I would love to see it. Just, Not because, oh my god. just love see because Rivers it. Rivers signed. is a phenomenal quarterback still.
2: I I I like, I don't here's think people I, understand how good Indianapolis is.
1: Well, yeah, I would agree with you on that ball, but maybe from my perspective where I'm looking at this is I just have never and I can't tell you what I base this on, maybe it's because he ran Drew Brees mercifully out of San Diego so we could all see and witness his greatness and not dying. No, that was the Chargers being an inept organization. That's what I just said. Also, That's literally also what I just said. That was Eli but
2: Manning's I, fault as well.
1: That was all. You're 100% right. Um, but I just. Well, I, Drew Brees have never, I have never no, been no. impressed with Phillip Rivers. I, I just, feel
2: sorry for you.
1: I mean, I, I'm not saying he's not good. I just, like, I wouldn't want him quarterbacking uh, my he, team. I don't trust him. Yeah, yeah, I'm not impressed with him now. He and he has had a fun, a phenomenal
4: career. If you look at the numbers, he's probably a Hall of Famer by the numbers. I don't know if he Literally ends
2: up actually famer, getting in. He will be um, a Hall of Famer 100, percent but continue.
1: Sure. I just yeah. I just almost I mean, took down the 2008 just, Patriots <laughs> with a torn ACL. But now, I mean, yeah.
0: Okay. Seven Patriots,
1: but a recency like, bias.
4: Like he had 20 interceptions last year. How right? You like, want that on your team?
1: Bad team, I, them. bad team around him. It's a bad team they had last year
0: of the Chargers.
1: Did they not have
2: Chargers might have had the only offensive line in football that was worse than the Pats last year. Okay, like,
1: so their offensive line was bad. I'll I'll grant him that. I'm uh, not even gonna try and make an excuse about that, but he still also had weapons. Weapons don't matter if you don't have an offensive line. But at the same time I just He just didn't play good like I don't know. I've I've always just thought he was overhyped. And it's just, again, personal opinion publicly expressed. Like, he's always a guy I've stayed away from in fantasy football because I just don't trust him.
2: So Phillip Rivers is a lot, a lot, but not quite as good as Matthew Stafford. A lot like Matthew Stafford. Very similar quarterback. Very similar ability. Similar play style. And Agreed. similarly have had to carry some just putrid Teams. No. I,
1: I agree with that. Hold on, and I don't mean to cut you off, but here's the thing. I, like Stafford, over the last few years, has become much more trustworthy with the football. Yeah, 100%. And at the beginning of his career, he wasn't. I think that's I'd,
2: a been a detriment to the Lions the past few years. I think oh. people vastly overrate interceptions, especially when they are trying to force the issue um, and trying to carry a bum-ass team, which is what both Phillip Rivers and Stafford have done for a long time. And not just bum-ass
3: teams, bum-ass organizations.
2: You can – <laughs> oh, for sure. You can knock Phillip Rivers for the early part of his career when he had Ladanian Tomlinson, and he had a healthy prime Antonio Gates, and there was a lot more going on around him, and he put up good numbers, but they didn't win a lot, which kind of was what Stafford did, although he still never really had a great offensive line. I mean, they're – their careers have actually just been eerily stupid similar. Um, but maybe that's why I like Philip Rivers so much. Another guy that just gets no respect except the fact that he will be in the Hall of Fame because he didn't play for the Lions. He played for a slightly better organization. Not great, Matt. Don't get crazy, but definitely better than the shitshow the Fords are running. But Philip Rivers, his biggest problem in the last how many every year, besides the offensive line being putrid, besides feeling like he has to do everything himself. You talk about the interception number. Yeah, he threw 20 picks last year. What did you want him to do?
4: Not throw 20 picks?
2: Do you want him to throw it in the dirt every play, or take a sack, or get stripped, or hand it off to Austin Eckler 70 times a game? Like, what is he supposed to do? Yeah, you got Keenan Allen, but Keenan Allen doesn't have time to get open. I I there's, not, there's only so much a quarterback can do. And you've seen it last year against the Lions. Phil Rivers literally threw the game away, first down in the red zone, throws a pick to Darius Slay. And you said, man, that's, that's a bad football play. Why did a good quarterback do I that? I thought that
1: was a deep pass.
2: Because he felt like <laughs> he had but to not do it. Now. He forced the yeah. issue for because he has to. He's not in a good situation. He didn't. He didn't have and to make that. I, trying, I disagree with you. I, you don't to do have to. Everything.
1: I himself. disagree with you. I. I so it's it's I, so I easy get, for I get you the, to sit
2: here and sit on your couch and say, "Man, that was a dumb play. He didn't have to do that." But when you're throwing 50 times a game and you're in the moment, walks. you can't trust a goddamn person on your roster to make a play, and you literally feel like you have to do everything yourself. It, it is. It is so easy to make that pass and feel like you listen. Yeah, I get it. You're right, we can but that doesn't here mean that it's And right. analyze and say that that was the wrong play and he shouldn't have done that. Yeah, that's true. But to understand that that doesn't define him. As a player, that that doesn't mean he's a bad quarterback. To take context to the situation and to realize that when he goes to a team like the Colts, to an organization like the Colts, how different it's going to be, how much better his place is going to be, and that he can play within the game and within himself, and how much that's going to change for him—it's going to be night and day. The Colts are, have so much going on, and young talent too. They have a very good offensive line. They are good at pass pro and running the ball. Their defense is full of young, very good players. They are a solid team that literally is a quarterback and a couple small difference makers away from winning at all. They are right there. You get a difference maker at a skill position, you, you make a splash signing, draft a guy. They hit on a couple draft picks this year and they win the Super Bowl. Like, there's so many ways for them bring in a guy like Philip Rivers it's gonna get when is the last time Philip Rivers got to sit and scan the field comfortable behind an O-line like I can't even About 2008. imagine <laughs> yeah it's been th- over a decade dude for real uh, to put him the, what he is going from it is literally like going from the Lions <laughs> to the Rams like there's no comparison what? to what you are joining how different it is. It'd be like if, Stafford, if Drew Brees retired and Stafford went and joined the Saints right now. Like, that's the jump up in, in what's around you and how much different is your game going to be. So I don't care that he threw 20 interceptions last year. He didn't forget how to play football. His arm well, like didn't it. fall off. Philip Rivers is an extremely good quarterback, and you can write that off at your own peril and not be impressed with a guy who's going to be in the Hall of Fame very shortly after he retires, and that's Look, fine, like that's Eli. your prerogative, but they're my Super Bowl favorite. But, I mean, that's... Oh, no. Favorite?
0: Favorite,
2: favorite yes. Mine. Hell no. I,
0: don't know. Yeah. I think they're winning the uh, AFC South. I, I, I think they're running away with it a little. I agree. Yeah, I
3: don't
1: know. I, I don't
0: think. I don't think Houston's I'd, catching them. i don't on think that Tennessee's dream. catching them this year. I think, even though even though Tennessee got a lot better and how they've worked things out with Tannehill and Derrick Henry and all that, like I really like the Colts going out and getting for the Brewers. Now you know maybe it's because I covered them and I got to know them a little bit and followed their you know did their stuff with the Chargers. But I really blamed everything that went wrong with the Chargers on the ownership. Getting to see them up close and see how they run their organization, it's just. It's just a shit show. Very much like the Fords and the Lions. And I never expected much out of the Chargers, despite everything that Phillip Rivers could do for them, despite Antonio Gates, despite the weapons. It was just, when you have bad ownership, it travels down to the field. And we've seen it firsthand in Detroit for many, many years. And I saw the same thing in San Diego. The Chargers got closer, 14-2, and two, went to an AFC Championship, all that stuff. But they it's just bad ownership and it went through and took out several hall of fame players and took them out of chances they deserve to be in and i think philip rivers is I i agree with paul absolutely a hall of famer i think he's a much better quarterback than eli manning ever wished he could be and oh
2: God, it's don't even bring his name. into this I place. honestly
0: would rather have him than Ben Roethlisberger in a lot of ways as well, too. And so I, you know, in a lot of ways, I think he is the best quarterback of that class. He is just obviously the one without any rings out of those three, but it's not his fault. Well, and I think we're going to see something this yeah. year with the Colts where Philip Rivers is going to, at the end of this, probably sign a three-year deal after this one-year prove it deal and have something going with the Colts for a couple years. Yeah,
1: see, look, Like. don't misunderstand me. I don't, I'm not saying it's a bad move by the Colts. I, I think given their situation and the bombshell that was dropped on them before the season last year and the way that they kind of hung in there and performed last year was admirable, this is a good move for their organization. I just am not sold on the fact that Rivers can take them over that hump. I. Look, I, I get it. It's a victim of a circumstances in San Diego – 100% not going to say that I disagree with that but at the same time like <clears throat> he's also responsibility for or he's also responsible for decisions that he makes on the field. We're not going to blame that one play in Detroit on him Paul, I get that, but I feel like that's a small microcosm of kind of the entire way his career's gone. I get feeling like you have to carry the team on your shoulders, but the only way that you carry the team on your shoulders is to make sure that you're protecting the football as well. You can't carry the team if you don't have the football Which in your hands. I
2: totally get it. So you might say Phillip Rivers is not the best quarterback for a bad football team, but very lucky for Philip Rivers and very lucky for the Indianapolis Colts, they're not a bad football yeah.
1: team. Yeah. Okay. Great. I, and that's fine. I, I'm just saying, I'm not sold on the guy. I, I'm, I'm not saying I don't respect him, and I don't, and that I don't respect his game because he's obviously had a wonderful career, um, and and I, I do respect the heck out of that. I just you know i just he's not a guy that i would want leading my franchise right now yeah i feel
4: pre- i feel pretty much the exact same way that aj does it it should help them win the the south but to me it doesn't put them in contention to win the afc I
1: mean, especially when you're dealing with a juggernaut like the the chiefs right now i mean that team's very 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 good
2: the problem with the chiefs is the chiefs lack balance and it's not going to get better. It's only going to get worse.
1: No, not in today's NFL, Paul. What
2: What do you mean not in today's NFL?
1: You don't yeah, need good balance on offense. Good luck paying Patrick Mahomes $40 million in fix- it, uh, okay, if you Listen, Listen, if you're talking about balance on the financial side of things, I would 100% agree with you. I took that to mean balancing the offensive play calling and. Yard. Oh no, I don't. I don't care okay. if you pass okay. hundred times or run okay. hundred times. Okay, all right. That so make, then you, I you get
2: the ball where it needs to be when you have the ball. That's yeah, fine. No, yeah. I, I, i I don't care about that at all. Okay. It's right. not, well, I get what you're any, saying. They'll balance in, to me. in
1: the financial records. 100%. Not just
2: financials, but your defense and your complementary football in a lot of things. I mean, Mahomes yeah. the best quarterback in football, and that could mask a
0: lot of issues. But and it did mask a lot of issues. And they, yeah, bad. enough. It did. The Chiefs came back their in every single one of not their that games. Great last they were year. trailing in yeah. every single one of their playoff games, they came back in every single one of them.
1: Because their defense was not that good, but it didn't mask a lot of problems. The 49 are idiots. They should have but grabbed Tom have Brady because if
0: he had been in that Super Bowl last year, the Chiefs wouldn't have won it. <laughs> uh, No, that's, a, that's 100% That's because he's more mobile than the Holmes. That's 1,000% true. But I think,
2: there, I think there's 12 quarterbacks in football. 12, actually, probably. Wherever you rank Garoppolo, every quarterback you have ahead of him would have won that Super Bowl last year, all of them. Like, he was the cutoff like, losing that Super Bowl. So, if you so Matthew Stafford points, wouldn't have won that Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Shut your mouth. I know you're fucking with me. I will come to Dearborn.
4: Well, you see, you'd have to stop get it to the Super Bowl Because I don't Bowl. live in Dearborn <laughs> to win it. Go ahead, go, go to, to Dearborn. Go to Dearborn, have fun.
3: Stop there. it. No where near See ya. Yeah, <laughs> <So, yeah. laughs>
4: Oh, Paul's if definitely have, gone to Dearborn have, before with the intent.
0: So survival.
1: Jameis would have won that Super Bowl, but not Stafford. Gotcha. Stop. Because he's way if more have, mobile. If you have
2: 13 quarterbacks ahead of Jimmy Garoppolo, 13 quarterbacks would have won that Super Bowl for the 49ers. God, I'm still mad about I'm that. Uh, i disagree. Mean, disagreeing. The 49 They blew it. They blew definitely it. Definitely the better
1: team. Yeah. Seven minutes
2: left in the it. game.
0: Go on a nice, long march and end that damn game. Kill that clock. Run the ball. And let's not forget about the 49ers and all this. I mean, they didn't make a lot of splashy
2: acquisitions, but they didn't lose a lot either. They're, right. I mean, they're Jimmy also not, not in the AFC. Not, not going to get worse. No, I know they're not in the AFC. And it was, yeah, yeah, I mean, and it, to be
0: fair, this was the first full season ever for Jimmy Garoppolo. Like. Right, ever. ever he had not done literally it at ever. all in New England, or he obviously got hurt the year before with the ACL. Tear. I mean,
2: he came a long way since since training camp. I remember he threw five picks in a row in practice, and the world was ending. Like you, literally, social Twitter was melting down. Like, get this, bum-ass. It, it felt like the reports coming out about Blake Bortles when Jalen Ramsey was just destroying his life in practice. And you, Richard Sherman, I think even said something about it, like. It was a disaster, and yeah, they went on a huge run all the way to the Super Bowl. Their offense was smooth. Everything was smooth, and it wasn't perfect. It wasn't as great as it could be, but they were good. Um, Speaking of, we talk a lot about quarterbacks. There's some other massive names that moved this year, and it wasn't all free agency. There was a lot of huge trades. The biggest, I think, name-wise... Is you had David Johnson and DeAndre oh. Hopkins move in the same trade, and oh. I am on a I literal to... island with this. So you guys can tell me how terrible that was uh, by Bill O'Brien, the newly minted GM who's also the head coach of the Houston Texans, and then I will tell you guys why I'm on an island with this.
1: I, I, it didn't really make sense to me. I. David Johnson hasn't been able to stay healthy for, what, three years in a row now? And you're taking on a massive contract on top of that, so I I don't know. I I mean, David Johnson, when right, is good, very good. Um, but he's also, if I'm not mistaken, joining a pretty crowded backfield, right? Like, um,
4: Carlos Hyde. Carlos Hyde.
1: No, not, uh, uh, no Carlos Hyde is it.
2: gone, I'm pretty sure, unless I'm high.
1: Well, that's say, your boy. Shouldn't you be in your Carlos Hyde alerts?
2: I don't. I'm <laughs> um, but then sure you
1: so. also had um um, oh shoot, the kid from Miami that came over. Um,
2: yeah, Carlos Hyde's playing for the Chiefs now.
1: The who? What? The, the Chiefs. He started the year Thought last year with that. the Chiefs and then got traded to the Houston Texans.
2: No, why? No, maybe he hasn't who? been signed yet.
1: Who was the, uh, oh, who's wants the bum ass running back that got hurt at the beginning of the year for no, the I Texans just saw his, last year?
2: He hasn't been signed yet. Carl's I'm he- sorry,
1: AJ, what was your question? Who was the running back that got hurt um, for the Texans last year at the beginning of the season? Um, he came over from Miami, signed with the Texans. God, I can't think of his name. Is Lamar Miller? Yes. Lamar Miller. So, I mean, you've got a crowded backfield. Yeah, of so-so so running back. Or <laughs> but, but, yeah, uh, so well, Hyde well, isn't there Miller anymore. Was, Paul's right. He's a, Lamar he's a Miller leader. is not a he breakthrough a
0: running back, though. David Johnson. Nobody said breakthrough. But, David, but a healthy David Johnson is a much better quarterback, ever quarterback running back, than Lamar Miller.
1: Yeah, when hell. Oh, right? Lamar so. Miller is a free agent, too. Oh, so it looks well, like the maybe Texas it's not, not nobody. as crowded as I thought. Is have Deontay Foreman, maybe?
2: Yeah, that's yeah, what I was saying. Right. I don't, I don't. That's what I I don't think they have anybody like signed hit running back. But
4: um, I don't even Blue. think it was necessarily. There you go. I don't even think it was necessarily for uh, for like David Johnson. Obviously, they got him, but didn't they get a second round pick in the Yeah, defense? and a
0: fourth yeah. rounder for a pretty high second round pick.
2: It's not like Arizona was good last year.
4: So for for me though, it's still stupid. I just don't like Bill O'Brien at all. It's uh, amazing that he was named general manager. Being able to fail up like that as a head coach and then take away the only reason that you've won like any games in the NFL and take away Deshaun Watson's top weapon. And then today, Deshaun yeah. Watson is out here tweeting out Drake lyrics like they're separating dynamic duos. Get me the fuck out of here, basically. um pa- be a
0: Patriot.
4: But now you yeah. don't, now you just upset your quarterback uh, and you're taking away any semblance of weapons that he has. Because you still have Will Fuller who can't stay healthy. And then you have um, Kiki Kuti uh, who still – Who can't stay healthy. Last year he dealt (laughs) – Yeah, who can't stay healthy is dealing with like some concussions or whatever. So now you have a strictly barren offense. And I understand that you were going to have to pay DeAndre Hopkins um, eventually if you were going to keep him on your team. But to me it's a signal that you're basically just trying to punt this year away. Uh, but I do love it for the Cardinals as well, who now give Kyler Murray, you know, maybe the yeah. best receiver in the entire NFL. You know, certainly, what, top three or four? He already had Fitz. Um, you're adding him, and you had, that's right, uh, <laughs> Tepera, Fitzy, and then you still have, um, you know, Kenyon Drake in the backfield. So well, I and who's the, uh, who's the young the one Cardinals that came up go, this
3: past
0: year uh, for the Cardinals? A running back or no, a receiver? No, receiver. What, Christian uh, they Tate.
4: They have
3: Andy
0: Isabella. No, Christian. Oh. Uh, right, well, Christian yeah, Tate? Fast it? Too. something like that? Kirk Christian? I don't know. Something like that. Christian Kirk? Oh, Christian Kirk. Yeah, Christian yeah, Kirk. Kirk. That's who I'm thinking of.
4: Yeah, Christian Kirk's nice. So they got a, a whole stable of weapons for that Kingsbury and Kyler Murray offense. So I'm all about it. Yeah. But anything Bill O'Brien does, I'm going to thumbs
0: down. Because he is, he is not a smart man when it comes to football. <laughs> I just don't think the Houston Texans are a smart organization. So I don't expect much out of them, period. And so this really yeah. didn't surprise me that
1: much. I mean, you're you're a half a football away from. Was it the AFC Championship game?
0: Uh, when, they, when
1: they were
4: up, when they were up, what twenty eight to yeah seven? Yeah, or yeah, yeah. Like it was, yeah. The, yeah, it was a the divisional round. I mean,
1: on the eventual Super Bowl. I mean, you're a ha- and then, like, why would you not build that instead of? Trading away your most dynamic offensive weapon and then leaving your quarterback with basically nothing because Bill to.
0: O'Brien wants a more traditional quarterback,
1: so he's trying to run to Watson out of there. You think there?
2: Shame on Bill O'Brien for wanting a good NFL quarterback.
1: How uh, terrible! Are you kidding
2: me? How terrible! He has you. one.
1: How could he? You cannot end tell end me that Deshaun Watson is not. Oh,
0: Paul will spend the next ten the hours only, telling you how he's not
1: a good quarterback.
2: I can tell you that the only reason that Deshaun Watson has looked even slightly competent top four MVP,
0: is top four I say?
2: Two 6'5 monsters to sling the ball to that catch literally anything within a hundred foot vicinity of them, which they often have to because the ball is never on goddamn target. But that's all right. I digress. See. The thing about Better DeAndre Hopkins, Rivers. and I love him, actually. He's probably my favorite receiver in the NFL right now. He's really cool. And the other cool thing about DeAndre Hopkins is four receivers, as far as this explosion of stupid contracts, who just got $20 million a year? Was it yeah, Cooper? Amari. Amari Cooper? Yeah, Cooper. Yeah, he just got $20 a year.
1: Yeah, but that's the you Cowboys. They're idiots. <laughs>
2: you, well, they are idiots. Well, except they did not sign Dak. So right. they might not be as dumb as some people think they are. They did not give Dak all DeSean that money. Deshaun Watson so to Dallas, there there is some hope there, but.
1: They should have signed Philip Rivers.
2: Uh, for DeAndre Hopkins, compared to a contract like that, now his was signed forever ago, of course, but DeAndre Hopkins actually on a super reasonable contract for receivers. He's only averaging like 13, 14 million a year, and he's under contract for three years still, 2020 through 2022. For a receiver, that's pretty reasonable. Here's the problem I don't give a shit who you are, I don't care if you're Randy Moss or Calvin Johnson or Jerry Rice or any name any receiver ever, I don't care, you are the least valuable person on your football team that starts. And I'm including the punter in that. You're I don't care. Including the fullback? Your impact on the your single handed impact on the game is less than literally everybody else's. For you to command Salaries over $10 million and act like it's going to help your fucking team is absurd. And how teams continue to still pay receivers like this is mind-blowing, especially when they never win anything. Where are these $20 million receivers winning Super Bowls? They don't exist. It's hard enough to pay a quarterback $25 million to win a Super Bowl. You're going to pay a couple receivers $15 million a year and hope you're going to win it. No, it's not going to happen. You don't need receivers. Give me a good offensive line and a decent quarterback and a decent defense a thousand times over but, but for the best three receivers in the NFL. Stupid. You don't need these Texas great receivers to succeed in football. Deshaun Watson might because he can't throw a goddamn football to save his life, but as Why? far as a team that's actually going to win a Super Bowl, no, you don't need them. So you are getting out of not the worst receiver contract, but still a $13, 14000000 million a year contract. For a receiver to help build an actual team. And you are replacing that with David Johnson. Now, David Johnson makes a decent ton of change. It's not like he doesn't make a bunch of money. He's making $10 million this year and then $8 million next year. Which is not chunk change, but he's more valuable than a receiver. He's hella more valuable than a receiver. Not on the bench. And you're paying him less. So not only do you get to ship off a player... If you take just a player for player swap, you're saving money and you're getting more value. On top of that You're also getting a second round pick and there was some other stuff involved too But this is the main parts of the trade. You're getting a second round pick Which is going to be should if you don't suck at drafting or you can even trade it for a player that you already know is good But your second round pick you were hoping is going to turn into cheap labor for another good starter Give me that all day ever. You talk about, well, why wouldn't they want to build something? They just had the Super Bowl champ on the ropes. Uh, a, that was fool's goal. The way that unfolded was absolutely absurd, and that's why it unfolded so quickly for them. And you can say whatever you want. Listen, I understand why Bill, Bill O'Brien gets hate. I get it. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you he's the best coach ever or that he's going to be a good GM. And I think he's a pretty weird in the stuff he does. But if you want to talk about building a you team, a we a should chin. build around whatever. This move makes a ton of sense for building a team. And if you want to even flip it even more and talk about well, what about, well, how does this help um, Deshaun Watson? You know, you're getting rid of his man. Uh, maybe they want a little dynamic duel like they've seen in Baltimore across the way, uh, their AFC counterpart. Uh, you get a dynamic running back with what should be a dynamic dual threat quarterback. And instead of relying on your quarterback to do things that are not to his strength, you come up with a ridiculously good counter and option game running the ball all over with both your running back, really good running back and your quarterback, which opens up the passing game more than any receiver ever could. You don't need knock. If you have guys wide open because teams are terrified of your running back monster, of David Johnson and Deshaun Watson and however else you decide to roll out there, you talk about building a team and changing an identity and the options it gives you. You're giving me David Johnson and a second round pick to not overpay a receiver. Those things are going to have way more impact on my team, and I'm paying less for them. I don't think anybody's
4: terrified of.
2: From a team building perspective. You don't have to be terrified of David Johnson, but from a team-building perspective, this makes all the sense in the world, and people get all caught up in the, oh, he's a big receiver, and he's one of the best receivers in the sport, and it's all flash. It's all flash and no substance, dude. If you're actually building a team that wants to win something, this move makes all the sense in the world.
4: No, because the player you got back is broken.
2: Listen, I know you're upset because Kenyon Drake, who you hate on, made him expendable. I don't hate him. what? I hate on Carlos. He's still side. a I don't really good Kenny running Drake. back. The hell you ain't
1: hate on I Kenny I I will pull the receipts. Hey, let me. I'm looking at Johnson's contract. Um, he's owed 10.2 this year, 7.95 next year. If they were to cut him, they'd take a cap hit of nine million, but then have dead cap space of three million. Explain that for a second.
2: So they save his salary. So he gets, so he's got, so that his base salary is eight, and he's got a, a roster bonus. In total, total that makes nine million dollars. Yep, there it is. So okay. they cut him, and, and they get a nine billion dollar cap hit. But because they're not paying his salary, how his contract is structured, they save six million of that by not paying him at all. So the cap hit itself, if they cut him, is only three million.
1: So the, the dead cap space is three. I got it. Okay. Yes. So, so that's the I mean, number they, that matters. They for could. If they were to cut him. That but dead cap space. like, So they could. that could be the move they're making, like paying for well, one that year to sh- cut if, him. If
2: he doesn't pan out, right. Year, right. but if he pans out, they're going to extend him for a couple of years. At age
1: 29, yeah, at why age would you
2: 30? Extend him. 29. He'll be, he'll be 29. No, he'll be 30 add, in the 2022 season. Two, you se- throw two season. years on, it.
1: Uh, for Make a guy a that has a huge history injury uh, injury history,
2: yeah. his history or his injuries are not the sort that are recurring. They are freak injuries. He has been unlucky. He is not Sam Bradford.
4: Okay. Like,
2: it's not like this guy has bum ankles.
4: He's got bum everything else.
2: But again, if they don't like him, all right, they cut it. Is. Not a big deal. You still got a second round pick. You save a ton of money. Yeah, but S- then
4: Stefan go Diggs team? got traded yeah. for what a first round pick, and then you get well. Uh,
2: there was a lot more involved in that, but yeah, Stefan Diggs arguably impacts the game more than just, um, DeAndre Hopkins no, does. It makes less money. Right, you could so argue it.
4: You'd be wrong, but I guess you could argue it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Wide receivers are capable of doing more than catching a ball fifty yards downfield. There are other things they do in a football game.
4: Like, talk shit about or their team if in the media.
0: Because stefan has got that on lock. God, David Johnson's injury history is so perplexing. So, he's
2: got bad dislocated luck. Dislocated his mm-hmm. finger That's in it.
0: week 12 of 2016, but he didn't miss any games for that one. The big one, ending his season early in, 20, in 2017, was the MCL sprain. Followed up the next year. With the hand wrist dislocation again, week one, <laughs> and didn't come back until like mid January. He's I mean, had weird, it. yeah. Like he it's not like up yeah, his knee a
2: little bit. He up his wrist. Like
0: the only one that's concerning is the MCL sprain. Like it, and it's an MCL. It's not an ACL. It's not a PCL. Yeah, but so even his wrist, wrist is
1: kind of concerning a little bit with uh, carrying the football.
0: You have two He's hands. It's a bone. It's not a big
2: deal. Use the other one. <laughs> it's really yeah, not a big deal. Like this isn't a guy that ruptured his Achilles and tore two no. ACLs. hundred like, percent,
1: I agree with that. I just he's not been durable. I mean, and and maybe and maybe recent history is what's painting this picture because he was really good. Um, he is really good, but maybe recent history is kind of clouding judgment a little bit on this. I, I don't know. I just so to me, I, I my get I hundred percent get what you're saying, Paul. And I'm I'm not I can't say that I disagree with you on that I just when you look at the the optics of the trade especially the secondary optics of so you got this quarterback that you you but like that's,
2: that's superficial stuff like i i care about the I don't the know meat and keeping potatoes. a quarterback happy
1: is kind of a big deal I, in my he's opinion he's
2: not Tom Brady if he wants to go do so, I'll trade Brady you now. for a fucking ransom I'll trade you for a ransom and replace your ass like it's not a big deal like Deshaun Watson demanding a trade by, that's that's going to get Bill O'Brien fired. Like, so I hope
4: it happens. Uh, they never putting on your GM hat, you, ta- you talk about in the, the
2: injuries. So David Johnson's only 28. He's still very young. And, okay, not only is he only 28, but because of those freak, although not serious injuries, he doesn't have a lot of tread on the tires.
1: That's true. That's he's fair. He's not
2: a guy that his – he's not Adrian Peterson that had 300-plus touches a year eight years in a row. This is a guy who is only 28 and – has less tread on his tires than half the running backs in the league. Yeah, he's literally only
0: played two full seasons out of his first five years. And you've
2: seen how dynamic that he is when healthy, which he absolutely will be this year, barring another injury, which there's no reason to expect him to get injured more than anybody else in football. Uh, I like it. I mean, I like everything about this move. I mean, it's, it's, it's just like last year when the Giants got panned for trading Odell. The Giants won that trade in a landslide yet we're mocked for it. In a landslide, the Giants won that trade, and they got mocked for it. It's all superficial perception.
4: They at least got a first-round back. Giants
2: got, the Giants got a good draft pick, a starting safety, above average, and a eh. starting lineman that they desperately needed. An above-average starting lineman, an above-average starting safety, eh. and a good draft pick. To get rid of a literal cancer that they were overpaying. Now, in Nuck's defense, Nuck is better than Odell, and, and he not was a not a cancer. Queen. Like yeah. he is super cool, and I would love him to play for my team. But if you're going to pay a receiver, he'd be a good one to pay. But again, last year the Giants got panned for the same thing. Remember the fallout after that? People just David Gettleman's trash, blah blah blah. The Giants. Well, He's no trash because he picked Daniel the Jones. They got fleas. I mean you could think he's trash, but that trade was a good trade for them. That
3: Just trade, like this so trade for the Johnson seasons,
1: Johnson averages in his 5 years about 156 touch uh, carries. That's, per season. In 5 years, he averages about 156 carries a game. A game? Or not a game. <laughs> a a, <laughs> a game, season. Hey, <laughs> that <game>. wow. <laughs> now that's that a work, is, work I told you it has been one of them days. Holy cow. Whoa. No, 156 carries a year that's in nothing. 5 years.
4: Well, when he's fully healthy, so. he's getting 300 touches but like yeah, his when first year he's fully healthy he like like games, in, but it's so only happened twice right
1: it's only happened twice 293 in 2016 25- And in 16 he was a beast 2000 and then in combined? and then in
4: both of those years he's had uh he had more catches that resulted in more than 300 uh touches yeah. and right.
2: he's and a, he's a great receiving back like he is a true complete back that never yeah. needs to yeah. come he's off just had two like,
0: back to, a, you know ex- he's just had except for when he does two, two good years out of five so
2: but that can happen to anybody.
3: All right. I, yeah, I not. still People think... People get hurt in football,
1: I, get you, get you I still think that that wrist only. is going to be more problematic than you're making it out to be. I don't think it's a serious, like... But, like, when bones break, they do not heal as strong. Do some, uh... And what? Do some wrist curls. Ro- what? Hmm. Wrong? That's what I've always known to be true, is that when bones break, they there don't... There
0: are certain things they can do now that actually do make certain things stronger than they were prior, because there's... Mechanical help in certain areas, and and in a hingy area like the wrist, that is an area that they could make stronger with with technological help. Same with an ankle in certain okay. ways. There's things that they can do.
1: That's fair. Um, so, did David Jones have always worked the, under out that out assumption. That. So, but, I apologize. You can cut. That but the nut. other
0: side, I mean, the more important question with the, with this trade to Arizona, is there any chance that Kyler Murray doesn't throw for over seven under seven thousand yards? I mean, come on. You got Hopkins, Fitzgerald. Kirk, Kenyon, Drake out the backfield. I mean, is there any chance he throws like, for I'm under really seven thousand so yards? Seven thousand
2: last year. So. <laughs> I'm so goddamn
0: hype for this team. I love Kyler though.
2: I, I do, I do. So as much as I like the trade for the Texans, I actually do really like the trade for the Cardinals. And as much as I don't love overpaying receivers, it's good for a quarterback like Kyler Murray to have a guy like Nuck to throw to. And they replaced David Johnson. Kenyon Drake is phenomenal. And I have harped on Kenyon Drake for three years now. And it's been to not a lot of good reception, but people are starting to see it. And they're really going to see it this year. Kenyon Drake is a fantastic running back. And now Kyler Murray's got another weapon to throw downfield to. And not just a weapon, but a six foot five guy that catches everything in his vicinity. That is going to be that's going to help him immensely, and it's something that they haven't had. Who who is the last receiver the Cardinals had? Larry Fitz in his prime, and Well, he was they had Anquan Nuk. Bolden. I
0: they mean, had, yeah, Fitz and Anquan were fun not as even as hell. And not An- even Antoine belong Anquan.
2: Not even belong in the conversation of Nuck, But
0: wait, and but you're going to sit there and say Larry Fitzgerald didn't belong in the conversation? Because I will find a, a way to cut your mic if that's what you're about to say. That Larry Fitz in his prime Bullen doesn't belong does in a conversation belong. with freaking DeAndre I said Hopkins.
2: I Bolden doesn't belong. Breaking
0: news. Boulden. NFL GMs want the draft Boulden.
4: pushback. Stop
0: they said it. that really? the
4: COVID-19 pandemic has created too many issues for the draft to go on as scheduled on April 23rd.
0: you damn right.
2: They have to take the one thing that we have left.
0: What do you what do you want? You want them to freaking Skype everybody and let them know via Skype that they've just been drafted? They can no, celebrate
1: they're going to be with their family people. Teleport. They, they're coming up TV, with that dude. technology. Holograms. Just
2: do it on TV, man.
0: Do what on TV?
2: <laughs> the draft. With what? With nobody
0: just there? TV.
2: Nobody there. Just yes, just announce the picks. But
0: you have to have people there to boo Roger Goodell. <laughs>
1: no you yes don't you do.
0: he can boo himself
1: the NFL does yes Roger Goodell do. can
2: come out and boo himself
1: <laughs> which He'll I'm sure happens the often
2: Roger Goodell would be like the happiest draft ever oh yeah he'd, he'd love over. it if
0: nobody was there
2: <laughs> he'd be like god, oh, god be a great job we should do this, this year. every year <laughs> we should do this every year man I want to see Kyler Murray standing next to DeAndre Hopkins that's what I want to see God dang. Uh you can probably see that at Kyler's
4: that. MVP yeah. ceremony.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: man.
1: So I was in Texas when he was in high school, man. That kid was all over the place. Did you see him play like live? I did, yeah. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> uh Did I?
4: he is. you do not get me excited the and then possible. like on second thought.
1: Well, I'm trying to I'm trying to remember. I went to one of the play So he went to Allen High School which was about 20 minutes from the city that I worked in. Um and so we like I mean they were just a powerhouse state titles every year like just yeah, insane. And I went to a playoff game between Allen his high school and then um I believe it was one of the high schools in my city that I worked in. And I, I think he was playing that year i can't what year did he graduate does anybody know high school like when did he first no, no idea. yeah when did he first go to uh because he went to texas a&m first. for
0: what three years before one year at oklahoma
1: no he went to texas one a&m for a texas year and then transferred to oklahoma and sat behind baker
0: okay yeah. so all the way around well, so one year at a a&m and then
1: yeah three years at oklahoma or two years at oklahoma well, shit. I think it was two years. The first year was his last year of uh, was the last year of Baker, and then he took over the starting job, and then declared yeah, for the draft early. Here.
0: Now, thank you, Sports Reference. Kyler Murray, yeah, one year at A and M, two years at Oklahoma. So 20, 2014, he, he graduated high school. Or twenty fifteen, excuse me, because the twenty fifteen year.
1: Yeah, I bet it was him that went and saw them. So there you go, Missed Ryan.
0: the 16-year because of the transfer portal bullshit. And then two years at
1: Oklahoma. He still should have gone and played baseball.
0: Shut up.
2: <laughs> I mean...
1: I can't even say that was a straight <coughs> <place. laughs> well, it's
2: Well, it's all about
0: the He's gear. still good
1: after he's done with his NFL career gonna, if he wants. Maybe. That's true. Baseball, you can play until you 50.
0: He'll be freaking... Um, Julio... What's his name, AJ?
1: He's with the Braves. Oh. He played until yeah, he was like 51. Um, I know who you're talking about. Um, I can't think. I'm like blanking on names right now. It wasn't who. Was it Julio, Julio Franco? Um, yep, yeah. that's him.
0: Yep, Julio Franco played for freaking ever.
1: Yeah, he did. He's still playing, I heard. Or maybe <laughs> not still is. playing, but as of a couple of years ago, like some independent leagues.
2: He it it was born in 58 so and played like in
1: so
2: 2007. Baseball! <laughs> you you could make more money if you're an absolute superstar but it's so much harder yeah, I to agree. do it that's it's why
3: i so said much i couldn't harder, say it with and a straight face
2: it takes so much longer yep. he could literally go to the nfl get his guaranteed 25-30 million completely flame out if he was trash and then just take your 25-30 million and just go play baseball like it's not and that's just for his first contract yeah
1: but we, he should if he was if that was something that he wanted to do like, he should still be going to, like, spring man. training and stuff just to stay in the cages. And Julio stuff. Franco hit 309 not, at
0: 45 years old. Yeah. Played in 125 games and hit 309 at what 45.
2: Year?
1: What year? Way to steal my Grizzly Takes, man. <laughs> <laughs> what year? No, what I'm just year? kidding. Uh, 2004.
0: He hit 275 the next That's, year. Played in 108 games.
2: That is wildly I know. impressive.
1: It is, at 45 no, like, years old. Man. And did, I, you remember his batting some... stance, too? Just the fact that he could contort that way at 45 years old was insane. This he man had, plays like, second in craziest... rookie of the year in 83.
2: <laughs> I assume that he is a Hall of Fame Malak.
0: <laughs> no, no. no, definitely not.
2: Come on, man.
0: Well, let's see. He's uh, let's see. rookie of the year almost. Is, are his up? career stats One, two, worse than his two, year four. 45 stats? 5 times silver slugger.
2: What's his name? Julio his Franco. Name? Is it spelled like I would think so? Yep. Yes.
0: No okay. tricky spelling in this one,
1: unless you oh, spell Franco wrong, a weird that's way. Not
3: good.
1: Yeah. The absolute worst, like batting stance, in my opinion. He won a batting I mean,
2: title. He, hold on. He played for how many years?
1: No, it was this? Euclis had a horrible batting
0: stance. I mean, he technically yeah, he, he 82. technically played in '82, but his rookie uh, year was considered '83. '82 to
1: 2007. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, 43 career WAR. He only 173 RBIs. That I mean.
2: So he was not. He was not a difference maker.
3: No.
1: But
2: he was. There is something to be said for a guy that for 50 years can be <laughs> a above average player.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, there's something to be said about that, but is it the Hall of like Good? A, uh, the no, Hall of something to be said about it? so that's of, the, the hall thing. Of interesting. He,
2: would, he is in the Hall <laughs> of Very Good. He is literally, do you know what this man is? Yeah. And this is what pisses me off. This man is Frank Gore. Okay, that's who
3: he yeah, is. He
2: is literally fair, Frank Gore. And Frank fair, Gore is going to get in the Hall and I'm going to be pissed.
1: But this guy's not going to get in the Hall of Fame. No, he's not. So. But he played late. I mean, London you hit. He, hit he basically hit 300 for his career. Yeah, but, okay, great. Batting average is one of those stats that's going bet, Don't
2: you dare downplay batting average. Can we do on-base plus slugging? Can we do that? Yeah, <laughs> which is <just> 782. <laughs> which is not bad. about
1: average. Hall average. Average. The hall of
0: average. It's already, you know, I you mean... Know. The Hall of Average for MLB players is still ridiculously good. How was his
3: defense? I
0: mean, his
2: defense couldn't have been that good if he only has 43 war over a career of that long. 25 years.
4: That's the first thing that stood out out to me. 23
2: years.
3: Oh, I
4: thought you said 82 to 07. Yeah, no, there's there, there, a couple years. There was some Did breaks. he
0: retire for a couple years? Yeah, 90. Well, I mean, you know, keep in mind, there was a lockout Oh, what here. do you
1: have, a
4: 20-year hiatus? Oh, hey, there was a lockout. There was a
1: lockout in Nine, 95. Yeah, the 94 strike. Yeah. What about 98? 94. What happened
2: in 98
1: and 2000? Uh, might not have gotten signed or maybe he, was He hurt. may have lost he, his yeah, green card. He,
2: he has three <laughs> years unaccounted for, and I'm very confused. I want to know the story. <laughs>
1: Yeah, just by look, he's got a lot of negatives on his defensive advanced metrics. That's why. So, that's why.
2: He played a hard position though, like
0: defensively. What did you, did
2: shortstop.
0: you say he had 195 RBIs? I was like, wait, that's not right. <laughs>
4: For no. 25 years. <laughs> that would be very
1: 162 games
4: 100, a year. 170,
1: 173 RBIs. Home or runs. Hun- 173 home, home runs. runs. Yeah. Which is paltry, almost but almost he was so, a so far. He was a shortstop, <laughs> so far off topic.
2: <laughs> we have gotten. Can we talk about free agency, please? We, we were. We, uh, we, we were talking yeah. about how
0: Kyler Murray is going to throw for seven thousand yards next year. So all right, so four.
2: let's. I, we, we've spent so long just. I talking mean, it's been nothing. good conversation, I guess, but we well, have gotten
0: nothing not done. Not really. <laughs> we got plenty done. What are you talking about? We just haven't bitched about the Lions yet. We haven't and talked now about the they have the most the money to spend and haven't got a damn maybe, person coming maybe to Detroit. We'll,
2: well, let's save the Lions for next week since we don't have to talk about the draft yeah. anytime soon, apparently. We'll save the Lions portion for next week because I'm in a good mood right now. No, that's no I'm in a pretty good mood. I want you guys to tell me give me a highlight and low light of free agency and maybe a surprising move, something you like, something you didn't like. Let's do a little quick roundtable.
1: All right, I'll start um I think for me i i I like the sneaky signing of Barcavius Mingo to the bears uh I think that gives them a little bit of uh you know kind of their defenses was good they lost their secondary basically um uh, but now they've added Mingo, I think that helps them uh one of the worst moves.
2: Am I, I tracking mean, this I, right? I don't think Bark, Barkovas-Mingo helps their secondary.
1: I didn't know. They've lost their secondary, but he does help, like, solidify their linebacking core with Trevathian and uh, Mac.
2: All right, it's a rough
1: transition. Sorry. Yeah, help your I, secondary, though. Been a, Get to the quarterback faster. It could help your secondary. You're right. Um, I, don't, I don't like Austin Hooper going to the Cleveland Browns, and that's more of a uh, – personal reason like he's on my fantasy team and was planning on keeping him I don't like Baker Mayfield trade so him all he's probably gonna try and I'm gonna try and trade him <laughs> uh that's kind of where I'm at because I'm like anybody that goes to Cleveland dies in Cleveland so and Baker mayfield I mean, so isn't it a worried surprising about surprising
2: signing considering they drafted um <laughs> oh, God, no, I can't even think of his name. Maybe it wasn't a surprising signing. I mean, they good. they have Njoku. Um,
4: I don't know who they Njoku,
2: yeah, know. that's what I was talking about. And Njoku's yeah, been just, pretty darn good.
1: Like nah, is that not last year. I just year. don't In- know In- why In- the In- J- Falcons... J- 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 so bad last year. I mean, okay, he got $44 million, 23 guaranteed, Hooper did, from the Browns. That seems like a three lot years? for a tight end. Right? Four years. I it's probably four years. guess it's, I would, it's not that terrible, I guess. So it but, just...
2: Again, it depends. So,
1: Like I said, I hate it for personal reasons. Like,
2: a good tight end is worth his weight in gold. Like,
1: I agree. Gron-
2: Gronk was the most valuable non-quarterback in football for five years. True story. I mean, it's it, Except being for able to check. impact, being able to literally make the offense run more than anybody else can outside a quarterback Like, because of the way you impact every facet of the game. Like a complete tight end. Is the opposite of a receiver. He's amazing. He, he's an extra lineman. He's an extra receiver. He's an extra everything.
4: Yeah, like I did like the the Barkevius Mingo pickup too, because they paired him with not only Mac but uh, Robert Quinn as well. And since my Lions have a quarterback that has a broken back, I'm not uh not not very happy. <laughs> and, and and still a bad offensive line. Not very happy about all those prospects twice a year. Um, r- rushing, Russian, good old number nine. I liked. Um, I, I like Jack Conklin going to the Browns. I know you didn't like the Brown signing, but Conklin, Michigan State man, um, who played really well in Tennessee from when he was drafted there, and now he's getting paid. I think it's forty. I want to say it's forty-two million over uh, over three years, but those numbers might be slightly off. I want to know what the fuck the Dolphins are doing. I like their free agency class mostly. But they gave Eric Flowers thirty million dollars, twenty guaranteed, basically over three years, and Eric Flowers is like a turnstile on the offensive line. So I didn't understand that even even slightly, a little bit. So both on the on the offensive line, Jack Conklin, amazing, Eric Flowers, somebody was drunk.
2: <laughs> uh, it's it's offensive linemen in general, like it is absolutely out of control what is going on with offensive linemen and salaries and we'll talk about more next week we talk about like god dang lions i mean backups are getting double digit per year double digit salaries per year tell me what you got matt before i yell some more
0: uh i mean i love the moves the saints have done you know obviously bringing drew breeze back for two years oh shocking. Malcolm Jenkins bringing him back after his stint with uh, Philadelphia uh, and giving Drew Brees Emmanuel Sanders. Giving Emmanuel Sanders Drew Brees, a quarterback that's going to put the ball where it's supposed to be all day long on a fast as hell, shifty as shit receiver. Uh, I love the moves the Saints have made. Obviously they are in win mode now. They've been in win mode now. You lose the last play of the game three years in a row. Um and each year it's one game worse than the year before. Uh so that's gotta be rough. Or basically one year before.
1: Bad coaching.
0: Um you say bad coaching. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I do love the move the Saints have made. I'm just I'm surprised by certain teams that just haven't made any moves. Uh the Patriots chief among them as far as really you know, teams that still have they a traded away DeRon Harmon. Uh, and obviously, of course, back, sure. we're not talking about them, but I'm not surprised at all that our Lions haven't done a damn thing worth and got Brian Hor- a, a damn.
4: <laughs> Brian Horne and Shalee Calhoun, the new next generation of Patriots. So I Practice feel squad, like this baby. is
2: the theme for me, I don't know, every year in free agency. I I don't like much of what any teams do. There's so many just wildly like... WTF deals by teams and I'm gonna just go through five real quick because there's so many fucking terrible ones and my overarching theme is we why are these why, just don't dip into free agency. if this is what you're going to do just ignore free agency you're hurting yourself the Bears gave Jimmy Graham 16 million dollars for two years yeah it's ridiculous what what, yeah, that's what, what it is. How are you giving Jimmy Graham
0: but The Seahawks
3: age gave Olsen a one year deal. I love that. One.
2: With nothing left, $8 million a year. And, and not Jason only we got did, signed, too. This is, like, this is like when we signed, I think it was Fires or whoever the hell we signed for two years, that we took a bad player that was way past his being good, and not only did we pay him more than market value, but for no reason gave him an extra year on the deal. What are you doing? Like, how is this what you decide? You got?
1: Are you talking about baseball? Yes. Yeah, I was thinking no, of the Lions. No. I was I like, think you're mm. talking of. Uh,
2: it w- we gave uh, someone Pilfrey. a two-year deal. It might have been Pelfrey. It was like two years for like fifteen million. It was a similar deal. His actually,
1: fires actually worked out. It might have awesome. been Pelfrey, somewhere like that. For us,
2: you got linemen are getting these absurd contracts, and I'm huge on linemen, but these contracts make no sense. Both the Lions and the Jets gave backups ten million dollar contracts. Like, just I don't. The, the Jets, George Fan. He literally, he he played basketball in college, and then he was a tight end. And then the Seahawks, when they were having a lot of problems on the line and injuries, were like, let's see if he can be a tackle. And then he got hurt. And then he was okay as a sixth lineman slash tight end. And then the Jets just gave him three years, $30 million to be a fucking lineman, a a left tackle, actually, to protect Sam Darnold's blindside, which is matched by the Lions giving a very similar $10 million contract to a Eagles backup lineman at tackle. You got Graham Glasgow, who was solid at Michigan, never in a million years looked like an NFL lineman, was trash for the Lions. Now, in his defense... Every lineman is trash for the Lions. Like, there are plenty of linemen that were horrible here and went on to be very good elsewhere. There were linemen that were busts here and went on to be solid elsewhere, looking at Lake and Tomlinson very recently. And there are plenty of linemen. Riley, yeah, Riley, plenty Riley. of Riley Reef is another really good one that we talked about that. And there are plenty of linemen that were good before coming to the Lions and then terrible after getting here. There is be some... As bad as the Lions are, the offensive lineman thing is by far the worst. Like, we just destroy them. So... I will defend Glasgow from the point that maybe it was more the Lions than him, but nothing he has ever done on a football field in college or with the Lions makes me want to give him $11 million a year over four years. You're a fing guard that sucks in pass pro, and even if you. So, what blows my mind is so there's. We talk about multiple metrics for things.
4: Thought you weren't talking about the Lions.
2: Uh, we weren't talking about the Lions. This isn't about the Lions. This is the Denver Broncos signing. This is not about the Lions. I'm sorry. Melvin Gordon? No, Ooh, stop. Melva Graham Lasko. Glasgow, stop. <laughs> we were just, I was very clear. Regardless, this man sucks, all right? He can't run block at all, and he's not that good in pass pro. He's just been very lucky in pass pro. He just got $44 million. 25 guaranteed. The last one I'm going to give, and there's so many, so many terrible deals. But the last one that I just absolutely have to call out is Amari Cooper. I talked about my disdain for receivers right, getting it's the Cowboys. Yeah. you're Amari Cooper $20 million a year, what are you doing?
4: Recreating Aikman, high? Smith, and Urban.
2: Oh, actually, I lied. I do have one more. It's also a receiver. This one is... Almost as bad as Amari Cooper, but it's less money and for shorter time. How does Randall Cobb at this point get his career get three years, 27 million? I don't know.
1: Uh, again, but that's a signed, Houston, I didn't that, see that. Who signed it? Bill O'Brien off, signed him to
2: replace, to replace DeAndre <laughs> Hopkins. Well,
1: now you Randall know you Cobb,
2: garbage ass. slot receiver that hasn't been good in three years. He was really good when he was good. He is way past being good. Hey, he won good. me a
1: fantasy matchup last year. Three
2: years, 27 <laughs> he won a fantasy million
1: dollars. <laughs> Picked him up for one week, it worked out the great. Just scored two touchdowns, bro. The only good thing <laughs> about
2: this contract for Texans fans is he is guaranteed not to see the end of it. That's the only good thing I can say about it. But this is... I mean, he
1: could be their backup quarterback because he did play true. quarterback in college. And they
2: need one. Uh... This is the theme for free agency. Teams are f-ing idiots, and it is only fitting that my best free agency deal is a trade. The one that I liked the most for all the teams involved was a trade. And it was the Bills trading for Stefan Diggs from the Vikings. Oh, cool. So the Bills gave up a first, fifth, and sixth sixth rounder this year, and then a fourth rounder next year, which is kind of a haul for the Vikings. Now, it's not a high first-round pick. The fifth and sixth-rounder are throwaways. I, I don't care about those. Those are whatever. The fourth-rounder for next year is equivalent to a fifth-round pick this year. Like Those picks are whatever, but the Vikings took a malcontent and did what the Lions couldn't. They took a receiver who was right the F out, as Ryan said, ripping on the organization, tweeting like a madman, and they were able to get a first-round pick in return, and some other things that they could use in dealings. So that's a that's a coup for the Vikings. They were not re-signing him. They weren't making him happy, and they still got a good return. Then you look at it from the Bill side. The only thing they really care about they gave up was a late first-round pick. They were not getting a Stephon Diggs quality player. They were not likely to get that with a first-round pick. They were just as likely to draft a complete bust. Stefan Diggs on a reasonable contract. He makes 10, 11 million bucks a year. He's under contract for four years. In 2023, this guy's only going to be making 11 million bucks. We're, we just paid Amari Cooper $20 million starting now. This guy is on an 11 it's million salary for, for four years. And not only, I would argue he is a top. He's definitely a top ten. You could even argue, like a top seven receiver in football, because of what he brings as a complete receiver: his route running, his run blocking. His he's twenty six years old, dude. He is going to help Buffalo so much. He is going to help. Uh,
0: Can't even think I'm, of Josh, Buffalo's j- quarterback's Josh name.
2: Allen. I almost, I almost Josh said Allen. a very, very wrong name. <laughs> uh, my bad. Help Jim Kelly. He's he going Kevin to help so get, Josh get over Allen. That super not, not Kyle Allen. He's going to help Josh Allen immensely, and he's going to help make that offense go for Josh the cost Allen can of get what
4: the ball to him.
2: your first round pick, and you got to pay him 11 million bucks a year. So I love it for Wait, both teams. So I think you don't this,
0: think that you don't think that the Fon Diggs at week three is going to be not going to be a, a canter in the locker room because his quarterback is trash and can't get him the ball?
2: I don't. No, I hope not, so bro. Throw, I mean, throw behind me happens, one more time, <laughs> right? If that happens, you might have to cut your losses. But, I no, I, I don't think that's going to happen. And I think he fits in really well with their receiving room. I'm just I saying, in practice, gonna really
0: Josh nice. Norman's going to have as many catches as Stephon Diggs. <laughs>
2: I mean, this is what they should have done last year instead of signing Cole Beasley for as much money as they did. Not that Cole's bad, but Stephon Diggs is cold but good.
0: All right, so I, I got a question for y'all real quick. So once upon a time, Denver used to be the place for running backs. And then the running backs would go off to other teams, and you weren't sure what you were getting, but a lot of them did pan out. They bring one in who is already a pretty damn good running back in Melvin Gordon. How does he pan out for Denver, who has a lot of issues outside of what Melvin Gordon brings to the table on the offensive side of the ball?
4: Uh, Probably rough sailing. They don't really have a lot of weapons. So, I mean, they have a quarterback who, by his nature, Drew Locke likes to throw it. Um, even though I'm not sure he's the answer and I don't know how comfortable you are with Drew Locke as your quarterback. But just like the talent around them, you have Noah Fant, who's a, a, an amazing receiving tight end. But other than that, uh not a not a lot not a lot to work with um over there. So I don't really think that's I mean, it might be the best spot for him if it's the only place I was gonna pay him, but I don't think this is gonna be like a real big resurgence for for old Melly Mel.
2: So I've really come to love, and I don't know why it's running backs doing it lately, but I've really come to love players getting screwed by holding out. Because stop being a selfish prick and understand your worth and when it makes sense to throw your weight around and when it doesn't. And these idiots don't understand it.
4: Just Rowan digs at
0: Le'Veon Bell for no reason.
4: Well, well yes, didn't Melvin I, get paid for he, all of this Because he came back at whatever week he needed to come back at? He was Because I know, I know, Le'Veon didn't.
2: He was offered forty million over four years with the Chargers. Ten million a year, and about half of that guaranteed, twenty million bucks. So he gets less and a shorter deal now. And there is a. This is risky. He's only Melvin twenty-six. Porter. And the reason it's risky is, yeah, the calf's going to go up. Yeah, if he has a couple big seasons, he could get a payday. But he's going to be 28, so how big of a payday is a 28-year-old running back going to get hitting free agency, especially one that's not a burner? And he has a really good chance to completely bomb in Denver and flame out. See, Melvin Gordon take away his touchdowns in don't get me started on running back touchdowns and how little it absolutely means. I mean, we you see touchdowns. Is that like
1: quarterback wins? It,
2: it's kind of like quarterback wins, yeah. Oh, very much. <laughs> like Garrett Blunt, I mean, we see how he did for the Lions after his 20-fucking-touchdown season. Um, you didn't you see that coming? Down. Oh, no, we saw it coming. I'm just saying. Our
1: GM and, didn't. And everyone understands
2: uh. the concept of touchdown regression, especially when it comes to receivers and stuff. But for some reason – Running backs, and I, I think it's fantasy-driven, I really do, for, for perspective, fan perspective-wise, not GM-wise, but people so overvalue running backs to score a bunch of touchdowns in the year. Melvin Gordon has never been that good. Now, the Chargers didn't have great shakes of an offensive line, but they did have Phillip Rivers. They did have a good receiving game, so it should have taken the pressure off him, but I don't know if you guys noticed, The Chargers were better without Melvin Gordon. Austin Eckler, a dude that's not some amazing all-star heralded dude, looked a lot better than Melvin Gordon for the Chargers. Melvin Gordon has had one, like, real good season in, I don't know, the four or five that he's been in the NFL, not even accounting for injury. He's inconsistent as hell. He's not a burner. His yards per carry doesn't pop. He doesn't break a ton of tackles. What does Melvin Gordon do? He catches a lot. So he's versatile. Okay, he can receive the ball. Cool. He doesn't have a great offensive line into the Denver Broncos. He doesn't have a good quarterback situation. Cam Newton coming, baby. What what, what do they have? There is a great chance he flames out. And even if he doesn't flame out, he's not going to make a lot more money than he would have just taking the Chargers deal. But, no, he held out, lost money, and then didn't get that deal.
0: Well, that was Austin Eckler's fault.
2: I mean, I don't <laughs> right. see this. If not, Austin not Eckler sucked, he might have got
0: paid. The
2: Broncos are in a holding pattern. They're kind of just in the middle of whatever. They only locked him in for two years, so it's not a big deal. They're not doing anything the next two years, anyways. They still got to find a quarterback. They still got to build an offense for pretty much scratch. Is that a terrible deal for them? But I love Melvin Gordon just sitting out and getting nothing for it. And this just tickles my taint.
4: It shows you never draft a Wisconsin running back.
2: <laughs> Stop.
0: Stop. Monty Ball Stop. said what? Oh yeah, me too. Stop. <laughs> Ezekiel Elliott or Taylor.
4: Mevlin Gordon. Jonathan Taylor. Over Jonathan Taylor.
2: I would have taken Elliott over Gordon a thousand times out of a thousand. You know why? Ohio Jonathan Taylor is the fing truth. Uh huh.
0: Monty Ball. We'll find out. Monty Ball was the truth too.
2: I didn't say that. And he, he had a year
0: me. at Denver that was worth a damn
2: didn't come from me.
4: Only places you should drive running backs from are Ohio State and Georgia.
2: Yeah, cuz Sony Michelle was so good last year.
4: Nick Chubb, baby.
0: The entire Patriots offensive line sucked ass last year. What did you mm-hmm. want Sony Michelle to do?
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Now, you you make that excuse for Brady,
0: but Sony But not for Sony Michel. <laughs> <laughs> he can't get no play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's different with a running back. you got to find the space.
2: No, y'all know. There's only
0: one Barry Sanders. No, I so have, I well, I have harped stuff, on
2: offensive line and running back for a very long time.
4: I didn't know <laughs> we were doing trades, but I, I very much like Baltimore getting Calais Campbell for a fifth, and then the Broncos, who uh, you talked a seventh little bit th- about, oh, no, no, getting Jarrell Casey for a seventh-rounder.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And, and the Lions
4: didn't get in either of those players, even though they had two fifth-round picks.
3: A
2: seventh-rounder. Now, in the Titans' defense, although I think it was still terrible... They feel like they have a replacement for Calais, and
4: he wasn't on. The they team. were
2: getting that salary the off their books.
4: The Jaguars had Clayus. I'm sorry, Draw I
2: mean Draw Casey. God dang it! I I mean Draw Casey. Clayus Campbell's just old. I mean he's super old and he's making so a good. lot of money for being super old. He's like a he's he's, he's a, on that Haloti Nada. Th- he's on that Haloti Nada. Uh, better. He's better than he was at the end. But uh, how much is he making this year? Like. $17 million or some shit.
4: No. Locker room leader, baby.
2: No, Pay Jarrell forward. Casey was who I meant in defense of the Titans because they gave him up for literally nothing. I mean, a seventh-round pick, they just dumped his ass without having to cut him. But
4: Clayton Campbell. Pro they got the salary off their books. He's All getting old. I,
2: I don't love it. I mean, he was their best defender last year, I think. Uh, he, he's still a very good player, and he doesn't make a crazy amount of money. He makes a lot less than Kaleas Campbell does. Um, but they had a plan for it. Like I, I can't knock them, but big. I like that move too. The trades were way better than the free agency deals, which to be fair, they usually are, but what I like about it is a lot of the trades made sense for both teams involved. Like, a team does not have to get fleeced for a good trade.
0: I don't know. And I
2: really wish more teams understood that.
0: Can we have a moment of silence for Tyler Eifert, who went from a shit situation to a Shittier you situation. you me sad? Oh, I, I said I was in a good today. mood, and now you have to make me sad. Because
2: lo- I've been a huge Eifer fan for a long time, and
0: he <laughs> cannot poor guy. catch a goddamn break. <laughs> poor guy. You go from Cincinnati to Jacksonville. Uh, I hope Gardner Minshew throws it 15 times a game just to make him happy. <sighs> uh, he's got to so throw bad. to
2: someone. I know. Actually, their receivers aren't that bad.
0: They got one, right? What's-his-face? The rookie that, that no, panned No, they out.
2: got a couple, man. They got Shark. Shark's the
0: best. Yeah, DJ Shark. a
2: they have a couple de- decent receivers, man. No, yeah, like Shark. They, they're all
0: right. No, no, we're on to Grizzly Takes. All right, so for Grizzly Takes tonight, we've got each got our own individual sport, and this is in honor of Tom Brady going to the Tampa Bay Bucks. Where you've each been tasked... Me. Oh, run, Jason Witten too, yes. And Jason Witten as well. You all have been given a task to find an example of good and an example of bad. And when I say bad, I don't mean just because Father Time won. But I mean this is where the drop-off happened. Where a legend played and they were the guy for one team for their career. And then at the very end, they went somewhere else. And they either thrived or they failed miserably so aj you have got the diamond paul the okay. gridiron ryan the hardwood i got the ice so ryan you are first give us your negative perfect
4: so my negative and i hate doing it because even though i didn't get to watch him play he's one of my favorite players ever because i just i love the position so much um, but hakeem olajuwon he was the man for houston back-to-back titles could give you 28 and 12 um, really just kind of during the peak of his career and it was always fluctuating around about 25 ish points and to 28 and about 14 boards a game um, 11 to 14 essentially so you have that for an entire career which is not all 17 years he was in houston but a good chunk of those 17 years uh you know best center in the nba yada 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 First team all, uh, first team all NBA, two times Final MVPs, MVP of the NBA, three time Black Champ. Um, did- Tremendous, tremendous player. And then he ended his career in 2002 in uh, not even the same country as he once graced the Rocket uniform. (laughs) He went to the Toronto Raptors where he played in only 37 or he started, excuse me. um, He started in 37 of the 82 games total and only played in 61, which probably tells me that he got injured for about 20 games, but not double digit points for the first time um, in his career at seven points a game only six rebounds and uh... His field goal percentage was down from where it's been in his career, of course. And I've always seen that picture of Hakeem on the um, on the Raptors. I've just never seen it actually in action. But looking at all the stats and, you know, kind of personifying one guy who meant so much to one city, got them, again, are two NBA titles that, um, that that franchise has and got them back-to-back when Jordan um, was kicked out the league. He got, uh, <laughs> he was able to, to, you know, become that franchise's all-time player player and really probably won't ever be surpassed as such and then he went to toronto um for for god knows what reason i guess they were a contender in o2 but it was sad it's sad to see him not end his career as a used rocket all right and the good so the good is um it's, it's really hard to find actually so jordan got kicked out the league for gambling and then he came back with a vengeance but after he came back with the vengeance, he also came back just to be old and in basketball. But even during his stint with the Wizards, where he played for two years, uh, he was 38 and 39 years old in those two seasons respectively, and he averaged for those two years. Where is it here? Uh, about 21 points, or 21 points, about six assist, five. Whoops, sorry, 21 points. Here it is. Uh, 21 points, four assists, and um, and six boards a game, which if you're 38 and 39 years old, in that slow pace of an era in the NBA, we're talking about 02, 03. So you know, not not right now. It was still harder to score back then, and being that he was able to do that on a Washington Wizards team, um, was pretty it is still pretty impressive. And I think one of those games he had like 50. I think he had 55. Or something, uh, something crazy like that. Um, didn't make the playoffs in either of those years with the Wizards because they were not uh, a good basketball team. But to see Jordan and to actually see him play, uh, for me as a kid, was just cool too because he's somebody that you, you know you always heard about, and then you uh, got to got to watch him play, even if it was in his older days. Um, and impressive part about his final final year at 39 years old, he played all 82 games, um, so he was still effective. Then Andy had played pretty well in that All Star game that went into like double overtime, if I remember correctly. I didn't look up the stats for that. I just remember watching it, and I know he hit the he hit the the game time game shot to send it in game time
0: over what Sean Marion, I think. I think
4: so. So I, I think, think it was over Marion's game time, time shot. He uh, he did to send it into first overtime or second overtime. I don't know. It's hard though, man. There's not a lot of competition for Jordan for this.
2: The thing I don't like about Ryan's negative. Is he kind of just got old and flamed out? He didn't make a bad decision and end up somewhere and tank his career. You look at a guy like Alan Iverson, who was Philly for how long, then ends up in Detroit and completely he, flames out of he the He went to Denver. I mean, you go from.
0: Uh, he went to Denver before Single
2: handedly, Denver then Detroit, single handedly carrying. A franchise that had no business being where they were for how long, being literally one of the faces of the NBA, to complete irrelevance to out of the league.
4: But even I, still, I mean, he was still. It,
2: it wasn't like he was. That's the pro- but he wasn't a journeyman at the beginning of his career. I and mean, he played for Denver, And he became for a journeyman. Memphis. Really not far removed from Billy his again? prime. He left Philly and everything just went to no, shit.
4: Had, I mean, he had good seasons in, uh, in Denver. It's
2: not, like, it's not like he was
4: old. It's not like he should have been washed. He, I mean, he played like an all-star in Denver. I don't know what to tell you. He was all-star in Denver. Like, uh, it's fine if you don't agree with the Jordan ones, but the ones you're giving are worse examples. Again,
1: winning, it's personal performance, not winning.
0: Or what are you doing, in Detroit. Iverson? Not much besides yeah. cause problems.
4: I mean he was the best player on our team here. That team sucked though. up. <laughs> not saying much. But after Philly he played really well in Denver. Um and then, I mean he
0: played well personally here, I guess. But okay. this is not there. a but, part of Grizzly Takes. This is just extending Grizzly well, Takes. Well if you don't understand Grizzly Takes, I gotta So be you cuddle both Orions. Alright. Yeah, yeah, so so right, much you're up. Uh, Ryan, the only thing that would be semi-cuddly on the Alajouan take is that he was in decline already. Obviously, at Houston, his last few years were very much injury-riddled, and his numbers declined with it. But it still wasn't—it wasn't what we saw in Toronto, where it was just much more of a drop-off, where he couldn't even get the double-digit points. Um, he really had, um, you know, his rebounds really fell off as well, and so. But I still think it's Grizzly Jordan. I mean. What he did in the Wizards uniform to piss me off? Because all of a sudden you're seeing the throwback jerseys, you're seeing all these people wearing Washington Bullets Jordan yeah, jerseys, and I'm like, that's not even right because he was a bull when the Washington Bullets were the Bullets, uh, which was ridiculous, but. To get him to come back, which was huge at the time, and the NBA absolutely flipped their lid over it, and do what he did to get to see him versus Kobe in the All-Star Games, him and versus Kobe in the games where Jordan torched Kobe. Kobe waited weeks for that rematch, came back, and dropped 55 on MJ. Um, and just to get to have that chance to see that was uh, was phenomenal for me, obviously, as a giant Kobe stand. Um, but Jordan was still very much Jordan at that time that he came back with the Wizards. Came back for love of the game. Missed it. Wanted to play it. Had an opportunity. Took advantage of it. And while the Wizards around him were absolute shit, Jordan very much was not. Earned his spots in the All-Star Games. Performed in the All-Star Games. Uh, So for me, they're Grizzly. Rip Hamilton ought to be a winner.
1: Yeah, I... I gotta go with uh, with Matt on this one in the Grizzly takes. um, Just because... well. Let me say it this way. Did you really say that you never saw Elajuan no. play?
0: They're younger. They're 25, dude. Oh yeah, they're only gosh. 25, so they have no idea you know, that Elajuan is very much in the argument for greatest center of all time. Oh, I know. That's how talented oh he was,
1: how dominant like, he
0: was.
4: He's probably top three for me.
1: That, that was like the only part to me that was cuddly, was that you said you'd never seen him play, and I'm like, how is that possible? But I guess that makes sense. So, uh, yeah, great takes. I, I think the Jordan one is a good example, coming back at age 38, 39, and averaging 21 points a game, um, making those all-star teams, I, I mean, spot on.
2: All right, Paul, you up Football. O.J. Simpson was pretty f***ing good for a long time in Buffalo. He literally broke an absurd amount of records. He had arguably the greatest season of all time. This man are averaged on 332 rushes. So think about that. How many, when is the last time a f- running back touched the ball 332 times, let alone 332 rushes? In the 70s, as physical and different as the game was, 332 rushes, this man averaged six yards of carry. It's unbelievable what he did in Buffalo. And his last year in Buffalo, his age 30 season, he got hurt. He missed half the season. only played seven games. Back then there was only 14 games in a season. And then he jetted off to San Francisco. Story franchise, of course. That was it. He played two years there. 500 yards a season, scored a couple touchdowns, and boom, done with football. Literally... One of the greatest running backs a game I've ever seen. Two years in San Francisco, not real old, 31-32, which I know running backs get a little old, but this guy wasn't ancient. He wasn't Frank Gore. Completely flamed out, done in the league in two years, didn't make a mark at all in San Francisco, and it, his career flamed out so bad, he killed his wife, 15, 15 got away, years later. With, it, got away with it, got sued, and then still went to prison for a ton of years. That's how bad this man's career fell after he left Buffalo. Now, what, why are you laughing?
4: Not the, Go to this the positive. Is all
2: facts. These are all facts.
1: I mean, it's, well, it's, it's not, not substantiated in court.
2: <laughs> all facts. We don't know that. The CT might have been so bad from the San Francisco days. He's like, I'm done with this bitch. Anyway, the 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 positive is, is just completely obvious. There's no other. You cannot come up with another answer for this. Peyton Manning. It was the Colts he was everything that he was expected to be with the Colts he had, holds a million NFL records that Tom Brady's gonna break he won a Super Bowl with the Colts he played with them for a gazillion years won 12 13 14 games every single year for so long and then gets crippled basically out of football a million neck surgeries can barely move he said he wouldn't have a normal life let alone play football again Colts drafted Andrew Luck. They moved on. He ordered some HGH, some roids. He got his body right. And I'm okay with that, by the way. I want it to be clear. If you use p and we, we to your get healthy, on TV. there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing.
3: <laughs> no, no, it's only okay yeah. if
2: it's for health purposes. You can't do it during the season. Or if it helps you win a World or Series. Or to be a good player.
3: Right.
2: Stop. But if you're going to do it to get healthy, I'm okay with that. And he comes back. He goes to the Broncos for a few years. And he pulls it to John Elway. John Elway gets him to come there to pull the John Elway. And all he does is break the NFL touchdown record with 55. couple all-pro teams. Pretty sure he won an MVP. Definitely won a Super Bowl. I, I mean, this guy I mean, did all. He didn't, all but sure. After his... Listen, you're
0: not I mean, a, he. You're not wrong, yeah. but it's his defense, his the year before. But Cam Newton was afraid of a football.
1: But if Brock Osweiler is the quarterback <laughs> of that Super Bowl team, they don't win. The Super Bowl. You
0: call him Brock Osweiler? Yes, they do. Oh, yes I, they do.
1: What's his name? Brock do. Osweiler.
3: Yeah, Brock. <laughs> <They have laughs> Either way, it works really so it well.
1: <laughs> Whatever. I mean, that's how irrelevant that guy he is.
2: Breaks <laughs> the NFL touchdown record, goes to two straight Super Bowls, wins one of them to cap his storybook career. Not quite oh, too after straight. People thought he was almost right with your facts. Completely done. So close. Oh, oh no, they lost the year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Patriots beat, beat the beat, beat the three. Seahawks the year after yeah, the Seahawks
0: right. yep. beat the
3: Broncos. In
2: between, in between them, yeah, two out of three. Eh, close enough. Regardless, he was done with football. Like he was written off, and he capped three of his best seasons, three of his better seasons, to finish his career in a completely different uniform than what everyone knew him as the face of football. There is no other answer.
0: They're so borderline grizzly cuddly for different reasons. OJ, OJ hated being a Buffalo. That is well known. But he was so good. He was very damn good, and you know, I mean, 2,000 yards in 14 games, 300 plus carries in 14 games—it's ridiculous. Um, Went to a very bad team in San Francisco at the end of the 70s. This was before Joe Montana. This is before they became the team of the decade in the 80s. Uh, It was a really bad team in San Francisco, and he was not good on it. And uh, his love for football had been waning. He had been wanting to leave football to go into Hollywood for the last three years in Buffalo. And, you know, why he decided to go to San Francisco instead of just going right to Hollywood out of Buffalo, I don't know. Uh, But it is grisly for that, uh, because he absolutely just fell off his, his his. his abilities fell off, his love of the game fell off, and he was on a really bad team. Peyton, when he first came to Denver, was very, very good, and it showed. He had a great offense around him, had a damn good defense as well, uh, had some good battles with Tom Brady in the AFC. Uh, you know, To me, that Broncos team that won the championship is all because Brady's team fell apart literally, Bronk was hurt. The O line was hurt. This receiver was hurt. This running back was hurt. That Patriots team was beaten to shit Excuse by the time of that AFC Championship game and never had a chance because they had nobody on the field that anybody recognized because they weren't guys that normally played. Uh, and the fact that Peyton's last Super Bowl is a is a year that he played half the games. And did he really play better than Brock Osweiler? I really can't say he did. Uh, that defense did a shit ton for him. But his first couple years in Denver, yeah, he was absolutely still the Peyton Manning. And that that shocked everybody because nobody knew what he was going to be coming back from that neck situation in Indy. And the fact that he was that good uh, was a good surprise for everyone in the NFL because Peyton's just one of those lovable guys. You might hate him as a rival, but he's just a lovable guy and there's no reason to root against him. And it's a nice story for the NFL, but his Super Bowl had nothing to do with him in Denver. But I'll give you Grizzlies for both.
1: Yeah, I would I would agree with that. Um, the O.J. stuff. I mean, I don't really know. M- my opinion of O.J. is kind of. It it, <laughs> it,
3: it cut out. Taken through the just, lens of that
1: that court. No, I said my my view of O.J. Simpson is kind of filtered through the lens of that court trial. Like I don't really know much about his NFL career because I don't particularly care to know much about his NFL career. Right. But I'm, I, I And I'm sure he was. I mean, there's a reason why he was so popular. So for that, I'll just defer to Grizzly. Like, I trust everything that you and Matt said. Um, but what I will speak to is Peyton Manning. And um, the fact that he was my favorite player while he played, uh, he was somebody that I really admired. I always said that two of my favorite athletes were Tiger Woods and Peyton Manning. Um just because of the way that they were at the top of their game, all that kind of stuff. We don't need to get into it. But to see him kind of move from a, you know, may never play again to, no, I'm going to do this and go to Denver and do what he did in Denver. Yeah, his last season, I mean, he was a shell of himself, but I, I still think that the reason he was under center is because of the way that he managed that game. Um, and led them to that Super Bowl to cap off his career. And I think that him getting to that uh, second Super Bowl, uh, making sure that Eli didn't have more than he did, because Eli is half the quarterback, if even <laughs> that, that Peyton was, um, I think it was, makes the take all the more grizzly And I, I do agree with you. I don't really know if there's a better answer for that question.
4: It's grizzly for me. I didn't see O.J. Simpson play, but looking at his pro football reference numbers here, um, definitely a major fall off from his time in Buffalo. Even though last year in Buffalo, zero touchdowns. Crazy. Only played half that year, though. Uh, but Peyton Manning, like A.J. said, he he wasn't my favorite player, but he was my second favorite player. Uh, so to see him go to Denver and in his first game in a Broncos uniform set the NFL record for touchdown passes in a game, I think that was a game that he had eight, uh, seven, seven or eight, crazy I actually lost my fantasy matchup that week and I started Peyton Manning and I was incensed and furious and I'm still mad about it because it should be it should be impossible I won against Peyton Manning that week I won against Peyton Manning that week I think he had like 49 sounds about right and took the big old 0-1 l. but he played amazing that first year in Denver I don't remember the second year like you I thought it was back to back they lost the Super Bowl and then they won it um, I did not remember the the Patriots and Seahawks. I remember that Super Bowl. I just didn't remember that it was in between. Um, right, not remember how and, they got there. The second, uh, and then his Super Bowl year with the Broncos. He wasn't he wasn't that good, but he, I mean he was also good enough for what he needed to be. He didn't need to be the Peyton Manning of old, the Peyton Manning in uh, you know Indianapolis who was the MVP. He didn't even need to be the Peyton Manning. You know, two years earlier when he was out here rewriting NFL record books. So, Grizzly. I love love me some baiting. All
0: right. I got got the ice. And so for hockey, this is a little bit difficult because it's hard to find a legend that really just played his whole career with one team and then went somewhere else for the last few years. And I mean, and I'm talking about the, you know, the level of guys that we're talking about here with a Michael Jordan, a Peyton Manning, a Kim Olajuwon, Lajuan, OG Simpson so far. Um, so I'm going with Mark Messier, who from the 1981-82 season with Edmonton through the 1996-97 season with the New York Rangers, this man won six Stanley Cups. And posted only two years of a minus in the plus-minus category. All stars up and down, uh, Smythe winner, Hart winner, all this stuff. And then in 1997, he demanded, well, after getting tra- after getting traded to Vancouver, demanded his number be taken, which has already been a <laughs> was uh, retired in Vancouver. Stripped the captaincy from vancouver's favorite player trevor linden and proceeded to record some of the worst numbers of his career and never was was in the minus for plus minus every single year in vancouver mercifully the rangers took him back for a last little run where he was just as bad there and finally went away at 43 years old in the 03-04 season this was a man like i said six stanley cups a heart winner A Smythe winner, all-stars up and down, was always in the positive for plus-minus, tons of goals and assists, and threw it all away once he went to Vancouver and didn't do any better coming back home to the Rangers for a final hurrah that did not do well at all for New York. For the positive, Paul, you and I talked about this off-air, and you brought up Dominic Hoshik. Dominic Hoshik is a great example of someone who absolutely thrived after Buffalo, as his time in Detroit, won won a cup for us, went away, took a break, went to Ottawa, took another break, came back to Detroit, won one more final cup uh, in his last year with us, and it's a really good example. But I wanted to find someone that really just stuck around at one team for his entire career. And for me, it was Ray Bork, who from 19 years old in the 79-80 season, until 39 years old in the 99-2000 season played for the boston bruins was an all-star every single freaking year was a norris norris trophy winner was involved in heart discussions up and down lady bing discussions and just didn't have a cup really good boston teams couldn't seal the deal plenty of times throughout the 90s so boston did him a favor and traded him away to the colorado avalanche And Colorado didn't quite get it done his first year. And he said, let me get one more shot. He didn't play all that great at his first year with Colorado. Came back for his final year with Colorado. Played in 80 games. Had a plus minus of plus 25. Made the All-Star again. And finally got that cup that had eluded him for 20 freaking years. And went out on top. So... That's my bad. Mark Messier, legend, who has a very forgettable time after his first long stint with New York, to Ray Bork, who was a legend in Boston and got his cup in Colorado.
1: I'm going to go grizzly on Messier for sure, um, just because after those New York years, it seems like he did kind of fall off the face of the earth. Um, obviously, based on the stories that you told in the the demands that he had when he got to Vancouver was probably a reason why he fell into oblivion. Um, so definitely grizzly on that one. The Ray Bork one, I always like seeing guys go out on top like that, especially guys that have, you know, in my old school opinion, done things the right way, staying with the team, you know, that kind of uh, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, loyalty. Um, that I, and then that being rewarded. Um, so definitely, both grizzly takes.
4: It's gonna uh, it be grizzly for me. I don't know much about it, but I, I trust that you did your homework on it. So <laughs> I go with. I'll go with your better judgment.
3: <laughs> I'm
2: a little confused on the Mark Messier. He had a standout career in Edmonton. Yep. For a long time, then went to the Rangers for quite a while. But he was super
0: good with the Rangers. Yep. So, won back-to-back cups, I believe, with the Rangers.
2: Then he went to Vancouver for a couple years, and got off. they weren't—they weren't awful. I mean, he—they weren't bad. I mean, the man had over 35 assists. No, every I know. Year But he went Van from Vancouver. two
0: years of being in the minus category for like 50, out of like 15 years to every year being in the of minus the team.
2: That's a product of the team. I'm also confused because it was you were very harped on the one team.
0: I, like I said, this was Edmonton. very difficult to find someone. He was great like this with Edmonton
2: hockey. and great with New York, which is two teams. And he played New York for a hot minute before going back there. And I don't think he was that bad in Vancouver. If you have over 35 assists three straight years, how can you be a? I mean, that's a lot of assists, dude. You only play 80 games, 82, 82 games, right? hockey. He didn't play any two games a year. That's a lot of assists. I mean, he's pretty... And he's scoring, too. I mean, I don't know how he wasn't an all-star more. I mean, he had a lot of all-star games, but I mean, looking back through his seasons, this guy was fucking great at hockey. And I want to be clear, I, have no, I had no idea who this man was before this conversation. So...
3: Mark Messier?
1: They're young. Yeah.
2: No idea. Wow. I mean, so... He, man,
1: well, so you guys are so... His career
2: young. was ending when I was becoming coherent in hockey. Like, the first hockey season I really remember is, like, 98.
3: Oh,
0: my gosh. So, and he was already in Vancouver at that point.
2: Yeah, he was already, like, oh so it's, for me, it's, I, I don't remember this guy. But I'm, this one I kind of got a cuddly just because I don't know if it really fits. And I get it was hard. I don't know if this one really fits the cr- criteria. Ray Bork, fantastic example. Mm-hmm. The only thing, and that's absolutely grizzly the only thing I do want to clarify he only played 14 games his first year with Colorado right he got traded he got traded to Colorado he had played most of the season with Boston he got traded right at the end played 14 games with them they fell short in the playoffs and he came back he was he talk about an assist machine dude And that's how he was his whole career but think of how amazing this was this guy played 21 years in the arms or 23 years in the NHL Twenty Yep. Yeah. No. Twenty-two years.
0: Yeah, twenty two years. So this split the years split the one shot. year with Boston, Colorado
2: He was an all-star every single year. Unless this is wrong. Uh,
0: no, it's a little or bit off. He's it, 19 time all-star out of twenty-one years. So then I
2: don't that's pretty I don't good. understand what I'm looking at though. Because it has an all-star for every fucking thing. But that's alright. That's insane. Right? Like that's wild. This guy was awesome. And, though, 21 years he gave to Boston, 21 years, 21 years of being an all-star almost every single year in Boston, and you win nothing, you don't get it done, you dip for a year and a couple months, and you get your cup, and you retire, it's your, it's pretty much what everyone wanted Tony Gonzalez to do, like, I'm a football guy. Like, that's my parallel. Like, everyone wanted right. Atlanta to trade Tony Gonzalez at the end for him to make a run, close it with a title, and just retire. That's what this guy did. This guy had the dream. Two-decade hockey career, close it with a title. You're an all-star every year. You make a ton of money. And again, a guy I don't remember, he retired in 2001.
0: I actually that's happened amazing. to be in Boston that summer after the, after the Avalanche won the Cup, and there were billboards around Boston with Ray Bork congratulating him. That's how this much guy, this guy
2: clearly meant a lot to his team because the following year, Colorado got their shit kicked in by the Wings. <laughs> and that I do remember, bitch. Uh,
0: I'll never forget chasing Bois with seven goals in game seven.
2: Dude, seven goals in game seven. Statue of fucking Liberty. Like, dude, nothing. I, I was so young, and there is no sports memory I don't think is ingrained in me. Like that game seven, it, it it's it's still like one of my greatest sports memories. Period. Like it was the most, it was the hypest blow you could possibly see. Like it was so anticlimactic for a game seven, yet it was cathartic. I mean, there is few things in life that have made me feel as good as that made me feel. What a shithead! God, I fucking
3: hate the Apple. <laughs> It's
1: All right, my turn, right? Uh, yep. All right, baseball. Starting with the negative, I'm gonna bring up a name some of you may not know. <laughs> Thanks. Um, uh, now that I'm realizing how old I am compared to you, is the, which the is the ridiculous. Kenny Powers. Uh, Eric Gagne.
0: Yeah, buddy. Take I bet steroids. I can spell it though. Closer
1: for the Dodgers. Close. Yeah, essentially he was kind of the original Kenny Powers. That's a great example, (laughs) Ryan. But this dude look, this guy okay, now to be fair, and if this doesn't fit into the criteria, I understand. But he he spent seven seasons with the Dodgers. Six of those seasons as their primary like bullpen guy. Mm -hmm. For a three-year stretch, I mean, he was the dominant guy. And as a closer, won the Cy Young in 2003. Then gets busted for PEDs. Bounces from Texas to Boston to Milwaukee. And then by 2008, is completely out of the league. Um, We're talking about a guy who was sub 2 ERAs or close to it during his the highest point of his career. Um, And then, clearly, the loss of the PEDs affected him when he went to a 6 ERA, a 5 ERA, um, and then was out of the league completely. My positive example is someone we know well, and his name is Tyrus Raymond Cobb, the Georgia Peach, who for 22 seasons was essentially the face of the Detroit Tigers. Um, Multiple batting championships, MVP discussion, um, three straight World Series appearances from 1907 to 1909, but never won a World Series as a player. In 1926, he gets accused of fixing games. So him and another man named Trish Speaker both were basically coerced into retirement. Um, He retired after 22 seasons with the Tigers. He gets cleared of those charges and comes back and plays two seasons with the Philadelphia A's and doesn't miss um, a beat at all. Uh, hit three fifty seven in his first year three twenty three OPS of nine twenty one and eight nineteen ultimately leading to him being the all time batting leader at a three sixty six batting average. Um, just one of those guys that face of his franchise and moved to a different one and kept doing what he was doing.
4: It's grizzly for me. Um it Ty, Ty, kind of goes without saying, uh, but Eric Gagne, I, I enjoyed him and playing with him in video games. Whether it was, I think he was in backyard baseball a couple of times, and then he was uh, he was part of the MOB, like the Show games and the 2K games, which I used to play back then. Um, but I do I do remember him, and I always thought that he looked kind of funny. And then to hear his name again, probably 10 years after the last time I've thought about him, longer than that even. Is, uh, is a nice trip down memory lane. It's grizzly for that reason. It's grizzly.
2: So I'll, Eric Gagne, I don't know who the hell he was. But no, you're, you're right. I mean, this dude went from literally, and if you don't like ERA, whip is a great stat. Minuscule, sub one every single year after he broke out. Eight six two six nine two nine eleven point five. He had a 0. 0.5 whip in two thousand
4: and six. <laughs> See, I was looking at his yeah, I mean, we'll ERA 0.00, oh, and was. I was I like, that's was not, "That can't be that. true."
2: No, I was looking. Yeah, no, I was looking at that, and I'm like, "What?" I'm like, "I'm missing something." Um, but regardless, this man was super, super good. And then, literally, and he's a pitcher, thirty-two years old, out of the league. 30, 30, and not a starting pitcher, a bullpen guy, 30 too. 30 years old, money, lights out, can't be touched, 32 years old, out of the league. That's astonishing. Ty Cobb is who I want to talk about. So Ty Cobb's my favorite baseball player of all time, and it's not close. It will never be close. Ty Cobb... So my
1: take is grizzly or cuddly. Oh,
2: it's absolutely grizzly all the way around. Ty Cobb is probably the most underrated player to ever play baseball. It's absurd how little credit he gets, and the reason it is, is because he didn't hit a ton of home runs. That's all. That's why Ty Cobb right. never gets to do he Ty Cobb had a year where he led the led majors, and and he led majors in statistics a lot. This was a theme. He led the majors in RBIs, stolen bases, batting average on base percentage, slugging, OPS, OPS plus. Every, doubles,
1: triples, hits yes, You're all talking about the 1911 season?
2: Didn't No, 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 no I'm talking your about the 19- 1909, 1909, 1909 season oh, No, so 1911 season 1911. <laughs> 1911 season he actually got credit He won an MVP The two years prior that he led the league in almost every statistical category And didn't even come in MVP voting
1: Well, I don't think the MVP was around the fuck At out that, of that here. point Is that yeah.
2: real?
0: I mean it was 1909
2: it might not have been <laughs> all right well fine take 1914 led the league in batting average on base percentage slugging OPS OPS plus 14th at MVP voting what is this he only played 98 what games kind of bullshit. shut up
1: <laughs> yeah the very first year that it was awarded right, what about the, what about the was 1911
2: all right take 19 the very first
1: year the MVP was awarded 1917. was
2: 1917 when he won it. led them in
0: everything so Ty Cobb is the first ever
2: baseball MVP 152 games 152 games. Well,
1: for the American League. American.
2: Okay. That's pretty amazing history, actually.
1: Yeah, it's good. I like that. That's fantastic. You need to remember? He that had month. an
2: insane amount of good years that he did not... 1917 is the one I would point to that. Led, literally led the yeah. league in everything. Played 152 games. Not even on the fucking ballot. Like, what? Or at least according yeah. to what I'm looking at. Um,
1: yeah, no. You're right.
2: Ty Cobb is, to this day, the all-time career record holder. They also didn't average.
1: award the MVP from 1914 to 1922, FYI. Why? I don't know. They uh, took it away for whatever reason. They So they started awarding the most valuable player in 1911. Uh, so Ty 1911, Cobb could have won like six 19, of these. Uh, Multiples, yeah, 100%. Like guaranteed in 1909 he would have been the MVP again. I, wait, why doesn't uh, it say this? 1917 what that they didn't award it yes
2: who put this website together
1: baseball reference is like the best website out there it's good except Um, the
2: fact that it's not telling me that would have won MVP if it fucking existed (laughs) (laughs) I have a bone to pick with them Um, still the still the batting average leader ever in baseball I mean this guy was just absurdly good on every level played the game absolutely the right way was an all-around bona fide badass.
0: What? Oh, don't this make this... Man, this man at 11,440 at-bats.
2: It was amazing till the end. How do you play 24 years, and in at the end, you're 41 years old. You are 41 years old, hitting three twenty-three.
1: So, um... Here, here's the history of this MVP, and this is why it happened, just to clarify. In 1910, before the 1910 season, there was a Chalmers automobile. Uh, wanted to award the most important and useful player to a club and to the league. Um, thinking that it would be good for advertising. So Ty Cobb wins it, Trish Speaker wins it, Walter Johnson, Eddie Collins, in the American League. All right. By 1914, he realized it wasn't as good for advertising as he thought, so he discontinued it. In 1922, the American League created the award to honor the baseball player who's the greatest all-around service to his club. So were, so that's where the MVP started up again. So it was originally first started as an advertising thing and then taken away because it wasn't working, the guy didn't want to put the dollars into it, then the league creates the award. So that's why you have the gap there.
0: Gotcha. Old people are wild. All right, so for me... Very grizzly take. Um... I feel like you could have found a better example in baseball. I haven't looked, so I don't know for sure. To me, Eric Gandhi is kind of more of the flash in the pan of three phenomenal years, uh, all steroid-based, obviously. Um, It's funny to me because I was working when the, uh, the Mitchell report came out, and we saw photocopied, scanned sh- uh, shots of checks from Eric Gagne and Paul LaDuca to Kirk Radomski, and the delivering address was Dodger Stadium. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, how stupid are you?
1: Hey, so, Matt, hold on. Just to go on your take, my other option for this would have been Babe Ruth.
0: Babe Ruth would have been ap- I mean,
1: would you have taken that as a better?
0: <sighs> see, it's tough. Like when I like. See, what I'm but saying like, like Yogi Berra with the
1: Mets. Yeah. Like I mean, that could have been a that good too comes one.
0: to my mind when I think of like you know stuck around too long and went to like just just kind of flamed out. I don't.
1: But see, here's here's the thing too, Matt. Like. Yogi Berra, you bring that up, he played four games for the Mets that year. One year, 1965. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway.
2: I, I, I like the answer, and...
0: No, I, and I'm not against the answer. I don't the think PEDs... No, I know. I just... I, I really don't that. think PEDs hurts the argument. I mean, I, I would have picked Pujols, but I think there's a lot to choose from. But Ty Cobb is absolutely spot on. I mean, everything that's already been said, I don't need to add to it. You know, a Triple Crown winner... Twelve-time batting champ, you know, greatest hitter, you know, maybe ever, and
2: you
1: know, never won the triple crown. He I don't did think win it. the
2: triple crown, but it was with nine home runs, which is pretty wild.
1: Yeah, because he's oh yeah, he did win the triple crown in 1909. Yeah. yeah, because he's playing in the dead ball era. I mean, the dude had four different ways that he would hold the bat, and then as the pitch was being delivered, peek to third base and decide whether he was going to bunt or swing away, like. That's why he's one of the greatest of all time.
0: All right. I think we are done with Grizzly takes. Ryan, do the thing.
4: Make sure you go ahead and follow us on Twitter, at Sports Carnage. Uh, follow us on Facebook, too, at Sports Carnage Podcast. And then rate, review, subscribe everywhere where you can find our podcast. That's Podbean. That's Apple, iTunes, Apple Podcast oh, now. Um, and anywhere else that you guys want to look for us, feel more than free. We're on YouTube as well. So wherever you like to listen to your podcast, you will find
0: us. Uh, you will find us there. <laughs> That's it for the night. For Paul Roshan, AJ Riley, and Ryan Griffin, I'm Matt and We are Sports Carnage. Thanks for spending a couple hours with us tonight. Whenever tonight is for you, we will be back again next week.